being honest, I'm not ready today. I'm not ready. I didn't like one of my Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios, so I rewrote it no fewer than 27 times. And then I realized I forgot what my third scenario was and had to make one up on the fly. And then I looked up and it was 10 o'clock. And I said, well, this isn't good. I haven't, I haven't even shared out what's coming up on the show today on, on social media. Uh, I need a do-over. I, need a do- I just need a do-over for today. I need like 30 more minutes and then everything will be great. Oh, my God, it'll be the great. If I had 30 more minutes, the greatest show ever in the history of humanity. What you're going to get today, eh, perfectly mid. I mean, just perfectly mid. I'm scrambling. We'll get through it. It'll be fine. But if you give me 30 more minutes, oh, my God. Oh, you'd sing about it. You'd, you'd write a sonnet about the incredible show that we would do if I just had 30 more minutes. That's all. That's all I need. Uh, but actually, I, I, don't, I can't do that because i got things i got to do later today. So what we'll need to do is 30 more minutes, and then we need to shorten the show. And then I tell you what, if we do that, we're going to pack a lot into a short amount of time. Zach Watson can only do 10, 20. Okay, give me 20. Budget 20 minutes for me. 20 minutes, and then it's going to be mostly get. Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. <laughs> Yes, Zach Watson can only do twenty. Griffin, you gotta you gotta learn to play along, man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm not actually asking that question. It's it's m- m- radio, man. You're all right. We'll get there one day. One day we'll get there. I'm sorry. Radio, it's he's still new. He's young. He's not been through all the the grinder. Well, he might have been on grinder. I don't know. I don't. Whatever anybody's doing, that's their business. Are you on grinder? Uh, not that I know of. Okay. If I am. If I am, if you're masquerading as me on Grinder, I just feel like you could do better. Once people start getting pictures of you in that hot dog speed. Well, there is that. Yeah. There is that. That might end up becoming quite possible. Hi, good morning. It's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. That's Griffin. We got a lot to do today. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Man, tomorrow night, going to be crazy. Game Six of the NBA Finals. Title at stake for the Warriors. You're going to want to bet on it. You want to get all those props in. You can use their 61 self-service kiosks. And if there's a Game 7 on Sunday, you will absolutely want to be there. So for either Game 6 or Game 7, I would encourage you to email events at sportssocialmd.com to make your reservation for the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. And what you need to know, as we were reminded by Leon Twyman, the general manager yesterday, this is Dave Chappelle week at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. There's going to be an awful lot of foot traffic coming through. And so those folks are going to be taking up spots in the FanDuel Sportsbook. So if your thought process is, well, I can just show up, I'm good, I mean, look, there will always be space. There'll be standing room. There'll be somewhere. But if you're looking to make a night out of it for one of these games, you got to get ahead of it. Events at SportsSocialMD.com is the website. Get your spot reserved. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere and a chance for you to make significant money. So, I mean, just telling you. Get your reservation in, events at sportssocialmd.com for either Game 6 or Game (sighs) 7. 
I want to I want to share a tweet, but I don't have time. Do you have a, any? Did you prepare anything? Do you have a routine prepared for today? Uh, no, but I mean, we can talk about the Orioles a little bit. You know, great response last night. They after did win getting, a baseball game. Yeah, they did. It was a it was a very entertaining game as well. After you know the game was pretty much over after three or four innings on Monday night, and you know last night they came out, swung the bats, pitching. Lyles did fine for you're very, five plus. You're very excited about a random one off baseball game. <laughs> I, I mean, well, it was the only thing on last night, so. Yeah, I am. I am a little excited. Uh, it was not the only thing on last night. There was a soccer match on last night. Yeah, there was, was soccer. Quite good. That it was, was quite. Yeah, it ended it up being quite compelling. Yeah, I mean, it was the conditions the muddy, were the conditions yeah. were dreadful. Um, uh, the U.S. played like crap for a, a good bit of the match. Uh, Horvath gave up a really soft goal, um, and I I get it. That can happen when a goal just ends up being flat footed because they're expecting the ball to go one way, it goes the other way, but. As a bad goal to give up, if as we still try to figure out who's going to be the goalie for the World Cup, that ain't exactly a great sign. Get Tim Howard back. I don't think that's going to be the way that it goes. I just don't think it's going to end up being Tim Howard. Um, I don't know. It was a it was a pleasant baseball game. Definitely. Was, I mean, Jorge Lopez fine. continues to be. Uh, I mean. Just, just a tank out of the out of the bullpen. That's, that's true. Five out save again. I don't know. I think that's that's his. What did they say? It was fourth or fifth? I think like I, I more than three I did out not, save. I did not pay that much attention to it, yeah. but sure. I mean, and and he certainly could end up being someone that has some real trade value. And when I say real trade value, again, let's calm down about that. Like that's not going to change your system, but somebody that you could get something for when the likelihood is that he doesn't fit into your own long-term plans. Now, again, there's a conversation, there's room to be had about, hey, is is next year part of your long-term plans? Like, is next year a year where you think you can be competitive? Because if you do, why are you getting rid of pieces that could be beneficial for you next year? Like, we can have all those conversations, but Jorge Lopez, we have been told by not multiple people now, is um, is frankly coveted. By it was Peter Gammons was going on about how much the Red Sox would like to have Jorge Lopez. Okay, for for what? <laughs> we'll talk. I don't really like the idea of Jorge Lopez uh, being uh, helping the Red Sox win the World Series. Not that I think that they will, um, but at a, at a price. Let's have that conversation. And if they like him so bad, then maybe somebody else would like him just as bad. Maybe old Buck Showalter. Would love to have Jorge Lopez in the fold um, as the Mets try to win Flaherty. a World Series. Well, and the Padres might want him. Ah, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. Maybe just, I mean, just more Oriole connections. Okay, you're just naming <laughs> random things that are connected. But the, to the big Orioles. story is with Richie Martin in the lineup, the Orioles are now three and zero. Oh, yeah. Okay, Won then. Two games over the weekend in Kansas City. Now they're three and zero. After winning last night with Richie Martin, oh, I mean, so, I guess he's the so piece we were missing. So there's that. Yeah, I got, I've got no follow up to that whatsoever. Um, but hey, cool. There's that. Orioles and Blue Jays will continue their series uh, later uh, tonight. Uh, third game out of four. Here's coming up on the program today. As I mentioned, Zach Watson. We make our trip to the Bowie Bay Sox. We will catch up with uh, Zach Watson uh, as he's back healthy again. We like that. Uh, later on, Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. We'll talk some U.S. Open and more about the stupid live thing, I guess. I don't, I don't have much else to say about it at this point. I've kind of said everything there is to say. I know Phil Mickelson gave a very uncomfortable press conference this week up in Boston, but I I got, no, I got nothing else. Um, what else are we doing this morning? Oh, Bubba Aline. I'm excited about that. Bubba Aline, who had 
you know, an unbelievable season for Maryland baseball. First team All-American, Big Ten Player of the Year, and then he was at the center of the controversy in their final game of the season when he was called out for running in the base path and interference despite the fact that the throw was nowhere close to the bet. It's a whole thing. We'll we'll cover all of it. Bubba Lean will join us a little bit later on. And uh, our old friend Caleb Joseph, who you've probably seen, is now doing some um, uh, media, radio, TV stuff for the Blue Jays as the Orioles continue that series of the Blue Jays. We'll catch up with our old buddy Caleb Joseph a little bit later on in the program. So all of that coming up today on GCR. It's also Would You Rather Wednesday, but as you might have heard, I, I'm not. I'm running behind. I'm struggling when it comes... I, I don't you don't have to, don't worry it's on me it's on me I, t- I told you I'm struggling this is what happens I spent way too much I should just run with whatever I've got I should just whatever I've got for would you rather Wednesday even if it sucks just put it out there because there's just no way there's no way that more time is going to make it better I promise you that but I will get those scenarios up momentarily on uh, both Facebook and Twitter for you to play along with Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. That's what's going on. Um, as far as r- the Ravens and OTA, minicamp, mandatory minicamp is concerned, um, yes, Lamar Jackson was out there and threw the ball, and so now the Ravens win the Super Bowl, right? That's how that works. He did There's throw a- two interceptions ah, yesterday. Cut him. Get rid of him. Yeah. You can't win with that guy. Fire him immediately. I, I, I can't, as I've said all along, in the same way that it did not matter to me if Lamar Jackson was out there for OTAs, it does not matter anything. This week does not matter. This week matters in two in two ways. One, did Lamar Jackson show up? Yes, he did. So what we know is that there isn't something so uncomfortable between Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens that it's at risk of truly derailing the season. So that part's taken care of. There's still a huge elephant in the room in relation to Lamar Jackson's contract status. But the only part that mattered for now was did he show up? Because if he didn't, there's bigger problems. If he didn't, that could end up being the type of thing that could completely derail your season because he shows doesn't show up for training camp because there's a real problem between Lamar Jackson and the Ravens because... He maybe has privately demanded a trade, and it just hasn't gotten public. We, If Lamar Jackson wasn't there this week, the Pandora's box that would have been opened in this city was something I don't think we were prepared for. He showed up. All's good. Secondarily, the only other thing that matters is when he goes to the microphone on Thursday because he will be asked questions about the situation. And it might very well be that we don't get any legitimate answers. It might very well be that he just says, man, I don't really want to talk about that. I just want to go win a Super Bowl. Or perhaps he'll say, I'm not worried about it. What you've heard is true. I'm not worried about my contract. I just want to win a Super Bowl. It's not a concern of mine. We'll deal with it down the road. Or perhaps he'll say something else. Perhaps he'll say, yeah, I am kind of upset about it. Yeah, I am kind of pissed off. Whatever it is, I, you just want to hear from him. Because, and it's his choice, we just don't know. We've relied on minimal secondhand information from others. What 
John Harbaugh has been willing to say, what Eric DaCosta has been willing to say, the kind of rumors that have come from his camp, innuendo, that's what we've been relying on as far as Lamar Jackson information is concerned. I don't know that we'll get that much more clarity from Lamar Jackson, but at least we'll hear whatever it is that we hear, we'll hear it from him. So those are the only two things that matter. Ask me if it matters that Michael Pierce wasn't there. Do you think it matters? That no. I, I don't know what's going on with Michael Pierce. I, ho- I hope it's he's okay. The, John Harbaugh said it was uh, uh, some sort of private situation. That's I hope everything's all right. I don't care about any of this other stuff. It doesn't matter. But Lamar Jackson will speak, and we'll get something from that. Either it will be some amount of clarity, or it'll be more confusion. But either way, it will have come from Lamar Jackson. So those are the things. Does Lamar Jackson show up? Yes. What does Lamar Jackson say? We'll find out. They're going to do that on Thursday. Whatever he says will certainly be newsworthy. It might end up being newsworthy for weeks or months. If he says something like, they lowballed me, I'm going to play, but you know, I don't know if ultimately I'm going to end up being a Raven long term. Then it's going to be the type of thing that shapes our conversation for months. I'd be very surprised if that's what Lamar Jackson said. If all he says is, guys, I'm just not worried about this right now. The contract will come. I'm just trying to take care of me. Then it will die by Friday. That conversation will be over. I I still, I'll never understand why Lamar Jackson would purposefully be willing to take less money to play football this season than he needs to. It is his right. It is his choice. And it... It don't impact me in any way. But I'll never understand it. I don't think that there's anything Lamar Jackson could say that would make me understand it. It's weird. The entirety of this situation is strange. No matter how many times we say, well, he's betting on himself. That's not how it works anymore. You don't have to do that. You can get paid now and then demand another contract because you're the quarterback. You have all of the leverage. We are talking out of our asses when we attempt to make it make sense. But again, he's an adult. He has every right to do whatever he was, is that he wants to do. And the more important part for us in Baltimore is that he showed up and that he plays football. That's... You know, as far as trying to win a Super Bowl this season, that's the only thing that really matters. Derek Wolf is gone. Can't be all that surprising, given the circumstances. As I said yesterday, the Ravens will make their determination. If they think there's a bigger problem, then they'll be done with it. And they made that determination pretty quickly. There's a bigger problem. They're done with it. Bummer, because the first thing that we saw from Derek Wolf when he arrived in Baltimore was good football. And, you know, the longer and the more you can have a good football players, the better it is for your franchise. I don't know what Derek Wolf would have been as a football player this season had he stayed healthy. I just don't know. He didn't play a year ago. But, you know, 
I, I'm not – those of you that are celebrating it as if it's some sort of accomplishment for the Ravens to have let go of Derek Wolf. I, I, I get it. We, we live in this bizarre world where if Ravens do something, we think that means they win. There's no victory here. There's no celebration. Was it likely the thing they had to do? Yeah. But that doesn't make it good by any stretch of the imagination. It just might have made it necessary. It, it's weird. I'll never understand the, the Twitter world where people celebrate something. Good. Yay. The Raven. Like, what, what is that? That's bizarre. This is unfortunate. It's a crap situation that presented itself that the Ravens decided to cut bait. Okay. So it is. It's not a win. It's not a victory. It's not positive. It's not any of those things. It's just the reality of the circumstances. All right. I'm going to take a break here. We're going to talk to Zachary Watson because it will allow me a minute to get all the uh, Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted. I'm openly admitting to you that's why we're taking an early break today. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill will be posted on the various social platforms, and we'll talk to Zachary Watson from the Boo Bay Sox next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. Help.org. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. And Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and Poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert 
Robert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. It's time for us to make our weekly trip down to Bowie and chat with a member of the Bay Sox. It's good to have this guy back. He is Zachary Watson, and he's with us now here on GCR. Zach, it's Glenn and Griffin. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. It's great to, to have you back. Everything good? How you feeling? Like, What's life looking like these days for Zachary Watson? Uh, not too bad. We got the apartments this year, so it's it's actually pretty nice living. Um, just got back from an injury, so I, feeling pretty good. And, and that's what I when I say getting you back. It's great to have you back. Obviously, coming back from the injury. Let me let me go to the apartment thing because I feel like it's something that the average fan does not know that much about. Compare what like life is like for you guys this year to what it had been like, say maybe a season ago for you. Uh, so last year we were pretty much in hotels until we could find a host family and uh, a lot of places didn't have host families. So we were staying in the hotel pretty much the whole season. Um, so it was, it was a little tougher. There's a lot of moving around. You're, all your stuff was always in your car. So it was just, it was a clutter in the truck. And this year we have an apartment. So it's, I mean, it's so much nicer. We feel like. Or at home, really. It makes it nice. Um, it's easy to, easier to be able to focus on baseball at that point. It's, oh yeah, when we come back home, it's like it's it's relaxing. It's a lot. It's a hundred times better than it was. Uh, who's who's your roommate this year? Uh, Noah Denoyer is right now. Okay, all right. So so did you guys choose, or was it like how does how does that whole system like is this like college? How does all of that work? Uh, yeah, whenever we first got here, we got to choose who our roommate was, and then as people get moved around and injuries happen and, or whatever, um, you get new roommates, and then you don't get to choose. But, I mean, the, in the Orioles organization, everybody's such a good good person, so it doesn't matter who you get a room That's with. Awesome, man. Everybody's but, awesome. All right, so let's talk about getting back. I know you're only a few games back. Um, it's about a week, right, since you got back? Uh, yes, I got back. I think it was Saturday of last weekend. Okay, so a little bit more than a week. Um, I, I know it was kind of a, a bit of a slow start for you this year. Give me, like, do, do you think that was related to the injury, and how much better do you feel coming off of it that everything's good now moving forward? Uh, yeah, I, just, I feel like I had a slow start. Um, I had some troubles with my swing, just not being correct, just trying to figure that out took me a little longer than what it needed to but i finally this injury actually helped me out really <laughs> back and changed one little thing and now i feel i feel awesome wow tell, tell me when you say it, it helped you out explain that to me um i guess just a little break just taking my mind off of it just giving it that giving it a week of not swinging and just letting my body rest and coming back and swinging again, it's just, I mean, it feels 
Ten times better. Wow, wow man. <laughs> like, Some, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes, too. Wow. I mean, I guess it's sort of one of those, like, a blessing in disguise type of situation, the way that it goes. <laughs> did, did you change anything about your swing? like, Or is it, it just, you know, it, you were just more free at that point? Uh, I changed... I changed one or two things. I kind of decided to stand up a little taller. Okay. So get up out of my legs just a tad. And then um, I noticed that like, everything that I was swinging at, I was under everything. Like, So like, I, it wasn't that I was not on time. I just I was missing everything under it. And so uh, I had to decide that, look, I got to focus on swinging on top of the ball. I know I'm not going to hit it on the ground, but... I'm at least going to hit it flush for some reason. That's just what I had to do. What we're not saying is like we're encouraging more guys to go get hurt to try to change their swing. But, you know, hey, whatever works, it, it works. Oh, um, everything happens for a reason. That's what I've always said. If I got hurt, there's a reason behind it. Did, and, you, did you have like an epiphany moment as it was like going on? Like, oh, my God, I can, I should be doing this differently. Like, was there a moment like that as you are going through this? Um, not really. I was, I mean, swinging in the cage, I was like, I'm not going to be playing for a little, a couple more days. So I'm going to try, try a few things. And I started hitting in a cage like that. And I was like, dang, this feels, feels phenomenal. <laughs> and I wasn't game ready yet. And the coaches were like, Watson just wanted a vacation for a couple of days. He looks phenomenal. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's I, I, and look, um, I guess it's you know it's it's too do you do you need to see like result I don't know how superstitious you are do you need to see like a week where you you get the results in order to say hey this is I this is what I meant to do this is I'm doing this forever or are you the type where like hey if I have another bad week I'll go right back to doing what I was doing before no I, I feel better I'm gonna stick with the, what I'm doing now and and I'm gonna ride it through hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I hit the, I've been hitting the ball a lot harder um, this last couple of days that I've been here, and they're gonna fall. They gotta fall eventually. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, and you had a wait, like the other night. You had a couple hits, right? Yeah, last night. Yes, sir. Yeah. I had two last night. There you go. Right. See. They're coming. They're falling. They're coming. Exactly right. He's Zachary Watson from the Bowie Bay Sox. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, you know, Zach, like being where where you are at this point in your career, you're still obviously you're very you're very young, but um, we all know that it's a little bit different for guys that play in college. How, when I use the word pressed, I hope you know what I mean. Like, how much are you saying, hey, this is I'm at double A level, this matters. I have to make this work right now to show that I can stay on the trajectory to get to where I want to be. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's stressful. It's a, I mean it's a job. You gotta go out there and perform to, to get up, um, a promoted. So, whenever you're struggling, it's very stressful. It can get in your head very quickly, and I feel like that's something that kind of happened to me earlier in the season. Um, so I mean it's a lot of mental too, not just all physical. So, um, college, I mean, college prepared me for that because my freshman year I was told that. If I couldn't run the bases, I wouldn't play for LSU baseball. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it, I mean that hit me hard, and that's something I'll always remember. So, I mean, you got to step it up. If not, 
there's just other guys coming behind you. That's the way it works, man. There's no doubt about it. Do you do you, where does where does your confidence come from? How do you maintain confidence even when you're going through rough stretches? You just gotta think that you're the best. You gotta know it. Go out there every day thinking you're better than that pitcher and believing in yourself. Been doing it the whole your whole life. It ain't no different. I mean, you know, I, it, it's easy for you to say. I, I'd step in the box. I'd be like, I know this guy's better than me. <laughs> like, it, it just wouldn't work quite the same way for me. But obviously, you're a little bit better of a baseball player than I am. He's Zach Watson from the Bowie Bay Sox. He's with us here on GCR. The Bay Sox are at home this week. Tonight, 535 for Wolf Wednesday. It's also a doubleheader tonight. So two games for the price of one. Coming up this weekend, fireworks on Friday night, plus it's mother-son night out, and kids run the bases. On uh, Saturday, fireworks as well. On Sunday, a Father's Day celebration. That includes getting to play catch on the field, which is really cool. Get your tickets for all of these events, promotions, by going to BaySox.com. That's how you find out more. Um, Zach, you know, obviously we've talked a lot, you know, over the years about where the Orioles are as part of this rebuild. Are are you guys feeling the excitement of what's happening now with guys arriving at the major league level and like the opportunity to be part of something very special here in the next couple of years in Baltimore? Oh yeah. Um, we all know it. We all know that, uh, there's going to be a lot of changes and that's, I mean, that's what you strive for. That's what you got to strive for. It's why, it's why we're here. We want to make it all the way up. Um, and we know that they're looking for a rebuild, so we got to go out there and ball. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got to prove your – you got to earn your way. There's no doubt about that. Does it lead to, like, an additional level of competition because of it? It's... Um, I wouldn't say we think about it too much. Okay. I mean, right. So it, we just – no matter where you were, obviously you're gonna to want to get to the big leagues. Like I get, like no matter what the circumstances are, you're gonna to want to yeah, do we, it. We try to just focus on our game and let them determine everything else. I completely, I completely understand that. Hey Zach, what do we need to know about you, man? Like, give me. You get a Monday, you get a day off, you get maybe a, a Tuesday after some travel. You got a couple hours to yourself. What does life look like for Zach Watson? Uh, I play a lot of video games. And what you, um, what you playing? I play Apex. Okay, so um, give me the longest amount of time that you've ever found yourself sp- spending sitting down in front of a screen and looking down and being like, oh, my God, I've been playing for X number of hours. Oh, I've played probably five, six hours straight okay. before. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, is it what by accident or like, yeah. okay. Yeah, just not realizing it. Okay, like, um, do you play with friends? Do you play? Do you ever like play against Orioles fans? They know who you are when you're playing. Uh, I'm not sure. We don't get to talk to the to the other team, uh, other team that we play against. But no, I play with I play with some of the boys on the team. Who who is it that plays but is secretly not really good? Uh JD Mundy plays Apex a little bit, but he he ain't the best. You're like JD's like, hey man, you want you want to you want to team up, and you're sort of like, ah, yeah, we'll see. But he, he, <laughs> he's got his days where he's good though. Okay, so. okay. We still play with him. All right, that's worth something. Hey Zach Watson, it's great to spend a couple of minutes with you, man. Let me get uh, plugs in Twitter, Instagram. Where can Orioles fans be giving you a follow? 
Uh, Instagram at the Zach Watson. Give him a follow on there. Um, I, look, man, we are rooting like hell for you. I, I'm hoping that it doesn't take more injuries in order for more success to, to come, right? Like, I hope that's not the case for you moving oh, no. forward. No um, more injuries. We're done with that. But we're gr- it's gr- great to have you back. Glad that you're feeling confident in how you're swinging. And uh, as I said, after two hits last night, I hope there is a lot more success coming your way, man. Thank you for taking the Thank time you. for us. Appreciate it. Zachary Watson from the Bowie Bay Sox. Appreciate him hopping on with us for a couple of minutes this morning as uh, he's back. And um, it's kind of wild, right? Like you, you completely you get hurt and you completely change your swing and all of a sudden you feel super confident because of it. You know, that old story. It's the same as it ever was. Appreciate Zach taking a couple of minutes for us. Um, I, I forgot to say something. And, and, and John, it's going to sound like I'm calling you out, but I promise you it's not that... Um, like that, I'll save that. I'll let Drew do that. Um, please stop sharing the fake Deadspin story from yesterday. It's worthless. Deadspin's not a real website anymore. I, I know you guys I almost certainly know that. Deadspin died years ago, and some guy kind of tried to re- resurrect it and pretend like it was still Deadspin. It's not, and they know that, and it's miserable. It's not a real thing. So because of that, they're doing purposeful clickbait nonsense because otherwise they've got nothing. There's no readership. There are no daily visits for Deadspin. There's no audience. In order to try to find an audience, they have to do crap like what they did. I believe it was Rob Parker from Detroit who wrote some clickbait nonsense thing about why... It not I, to be fair. I didn't read it. The headline is something to do with the Mayflower vans, and uh, I'm told that it involves him saying that Major League Baseball should contract teams. It's just nonsense crap for the sake of nonsense crap. There's no thought to it. There's no relevance. There's no anything. It's I think I can find people that will be mad enough to click on this and then share it because they're pissed off and they want to dunk on it. And as I keep telling you, every time you go to dunk on something, you're serving their purpose. We are a backwards, twisted society. And this is the economy now. There is no good. There is no bad. There's just, did you click? Did I get you to click? Did I get you to hate share something? Because if I did, I succeeded. Don't do it. There's nothing to discuss. There is no warranted conversation there. It's embarrassing. But dead, this dead spin that now exists is embarrassing. It was once a relevant website. Made mistakes. Lots of them. The Aaron Andrews thing. It ended up being the Hulk Hogan thing that brought them down. I don't even know what the purpose of some of the things they did was. They made lots of mistakes. But in within that, they were a relevant new media venture that, frankly, was the preeminent sports blog in the blogging era. Deadspin mattered. Being on Deadspin was significant. 
That's over, and it's been over for a very long time. Deadspin died. The actual Deadspin website died. Everyone involved with it went away. Someone attempted to figure out if they could make profit off of the name Deadspin by creating a website. They owned the rights to the name Deadspin, so they attempted to make some other thing that isn't Deadspin. It's fake. It's not real. Don't share it. Let it die again. It serves no purpose. You don't need to dunk on it. It's the meme. It's stop. He's already dead. You want to dunk on someone who's relevant or matters, who says something insane? We can have that debate. And I'd struggle with it sometimes, too. There are plenty of times where I'm like, am I emphasizing something in my attempt to combat it? Is it worth it? But if you do it, at least do it with something that's relevant. With this, you're just giving credence to it. That's all you're doing. And it has no credibility. It's fake. It's not a real thing. It exists for the sake of you essing on it because they can steal some clicks at a time where they can't get any. No one is going to that website. I'm trying to figure out if I can make a comparison. It would be like making fun of... Oh, God. It would be like making fun of the band Chumba Wumba today. To what end? They're irrelevant. In society, you're supposed to punch up, not punch down. That's how parody works, for example. Like, if you want to make a parody of something, you should be parodying something that, where you're punching up. Uh, go after the government. Things that need to be held accountable. Institutions that matter. Deadspin ain't that. And it's not that it's cruel. It's just unnecessary. Just let the thing die. Don't, don't give it attention. Here's somebody that matters talking about the Orioles in Nashville. You can tell them you're a stupid person. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't understand how this works. And I've laid out all of the reasons why no matter what, there have been no, there's no solid evidence of there being interest. There never has been. But even if you want to believe it, it still doesn't make sense because it's not how baseball works. And I can help you with that if you're struggling. But you're, you're fighting with nobody. Deadspin ain't real. It's over. It's been over. Let it die. Stop sharing it. Thank you. I'm Glenn Clark, and I approve this message. It's been, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, it is new press box print day. Um, I do not have my issue yet to be able to show you. You okay? Did you lose Drew's number? Is that what's going on, Griffin? Yeah, that is what Just happened. Just say that. Okay. <laughs> We're going to get there. I promise. Might have to have a meeting at some point and sit down and deal with these things. We're going to get there. Things that we store on our phone because we do them every week. 
and we need to make sure that we can uh, have that taken care of there. There's the number. We'll call Drew in a second. New press box print day. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. I've told you before, this issue is a very special issue celebrating coaches. We're calling it our salute to coaches. John Harbaugh is on the cover as we celebrate 15 years. This will be his 15th season as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. Inside, we recognize other area coaches who either have recently reached or will be reaching milestones, including uh, Navy football coach Kenny Amadololo, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorowski, field hockey coach Missy Maharg, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and then a couple of recently retired coaches, uh, Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker, as well as Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckrell. And the way it works is inside, we're not the ones telling the stories. It's the players that they have impacted the most, the athletes they've impacted the most over the years who tell the stories about these coaches and why they're so special and why they've been able to stand the test of time. So our salute to coaches issue available today. If you get out to your neighborhood Royal Farms this morning and it's not there yet, Wait, it'll be there later today, I promise. Stan the Fan is out overseeing delivery today to make sure that the print issue gets everywhere where it needs to be today. New print issue of PressBox, and you can read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Our salute to coaches issue available. Speaking of coaches, uh, this man uh, didn't quite make the cut for our first salute to coaches issue, but I don't know, maybe the 70th or something like that. He'll get around to it. He is our buddy Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com, 105.7 The Fan. He's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? Well, truth of the matter is you guys did ask me, and I asked you for 200 bucks, and you said no. And I said, then you can't feature me. Um, uh, by the way, for the record, none of that happened, nor would it, <laughs> just for the record. <laughs> um, what's going on, dude? So, so who's going to win the U.S. Open? Why? Um, well, I mean, his track record sort of speaks for itself. He won in 17. He won in 18. He finished second in 19. He didn't play in 20. And he finished tied for fourth or he finished fourth last year. It's just a golf tournament. He plays great. Um, I think the small greens there are going to help him. He's not the greatest chipper and short game player in the world. So the short, the shorter, the smaller bunkers there are going to help him a little bit if he misses greens. His stats are not great this year. Um, hasn't played that much, really. He's only played twice since April and a total of five times since the beginning of February. But this is what he plays for. And um, I, I think there's a narrative in play about Liv because I do think he's going. And I think this is his, you know, he may look at this a little bit like it's his swan song. You could tell yesterday in the press conference, he was getting chippy and defensive. He, oh, he's it's less, it's it's you creeps in the media that are you're ruining the U.S. Open. Yeah, you, all you well, creeps. but right, and he's going. I mean, I think it's to me, it's pretty obvious he's going unless this is all some sort of act. I mean, he he didn't want to really discuss it yesterday because he knew if he said anything even remotely positive about Liv or supportive of Liv, that that would be the headline. So he was smart. Um, but I suspect he'll be there at the end of June. So that 
that does connect a little bit with why I think he's going to win this week. I, he's one of those guys that even when he doesn't have, even when there isn't someone against him or he creates something, you know, he creates these perceived enemies and this perceived tension. You know, a couple of years ago he was mad because the PGA didn't feature him in their video. Um, he's just got a little bit of that chip on his shoulder that sometimes is legitimate and sometimes isn't, but it always seems to work for him. I just, I think he's, I think that's his week. Okay. All right. Brooks Kepka is I the also, I also wouldn't be surprised to see Zalatoris play well again, and I'll, I'll be um, putting my money where my mouth is there in okay. a little while. Okay. And, and I also think Spieth has a really good chance. By the way, our buddy uh, Kevin Van Valkenburg thinks Zalatoris is going to win the U.S. Open. So uh, you guys are in company and, there. And again, part of the golf, the setup of the golf course makes that much more doable for him. Um, the greens are smaller. He, he, he's not going to have as many. He's just smaller greens of all the players in the field. Smaller greens are going to help the players struggling the most with their putting. And believe it or not, Spieth has not putted well for a year. And all the other numbers, the ball striking numbers, have all improved. So I think the smaller greens this week are going to help guys like Zalatoris and Spieth. All right. All right. Very interesting. Uh, I'm going to throw out a name for you. And I'm not telling you I'm, I'm, I'm picking the win. Are you going to uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook by chance? Can I uh, get you to? Um, are we on the air? Yeah, oh, yeah. Damn. Okay. Hey, yay. Yay, good. I might have you. Uh, I uh, I see plus money for Aaron Wise to finish in the top 30, and I, I want to bet that. Okay. What do you um, – coming off, coming off of a very good week last week, um, good, you know, good player. Um, hasn't been you – know, I guess he's the epitome of kind of hot and cold – you know, top three, then you won't hear from him for two months, then a top ten, then you won't hear from him a couple of months. Like, he epitomizes that. Um, but a very, very good player. It's in a long way. This is a fairly big ballpark. It's not Torrey Pines, but um, top 30 pick for Aaron Wise is uh, would, would not be a bad idea. I like uh, – I, like, I know he's never really been good at the U.S. Open, but I don't know, man. He's had a couple of good finishes of late, as you pointed out, and I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, he he's coming in off of a very good, um, very good event last week in in Canada. All right, so let's get to the the like this is the and, and this is where maybe Brooks Kepka has to put like this is nobody's nobody's actually nobody is talking about the U.S. Open. Nobody really does care who's going to win, right? Because all the conversation is about what's going on otherwise. Did we learn anything from this first week of this thing's existence? Did we get to a point? Whether we learned, hey, this, you know, for for as awful as everything is, at some point that conversation is going to die down, and this is actually kind of interesting. Did did do we? Are there any strong judgments to make about this thing now that it's actually happened? Um. All right, I, that's a great question. I'll give you my list of maybe five things. Number one, the format, the format, and and. I want to just say sort of the general nature of their, the way they're competing is awful. Okay. So that would be number one. The format's terrible. Um, 54 holes, awful. This team thing that they, that they created, which is disguised for just giving people more money, which well, you might as well just add that money into the field. I, 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 don't, I don't understand the team component of all. I think it's terrible. The teams can change. I think it's awful. 
Like, it's one thing if you start the eight weeks out and you say, here are the eight teams, or the however many teams it would have been. It would have been more than that. It would have been um, where they have 48 guys. Here are the 12 teams, but they're not doing that. So the format, the format's awful. Um, I literally watched 75 minutes of it. I, I forced myself. I wouldn't even say forced myself. Someone said to me, dude, if you're going to opine on it, you got to watch it. I'm like, you know, I don't want to, but you're right. I'm going to. I watched 75 minutes of it. I thought the broadcast was – I thought the broadcast itself was excellent. I thought they did some really neat things with the broadcast. Um, I, I, I would say that one of, the, one of the unintended positive consequences of the stupid idea of a shotgun start is that everyone is on the course at the same time. So I do think that was maybe an unintended consequence – in a positive way, because the shotgun format is stupid. But the broadcast was very good. I think we learned that. That maybe, you know, just besides the fact that they're rookies at it, maybe they came up with some interesting ways to televise golf. Um, I think it was very, very clear by his press conference on Tuesday uh, or Monday, I think it was very, very clear that Phil – regrets a lot of what has happened. Um, I wrote this yesterday. I, I, I felt myself feeling very sad for him. Um, I get it. He, he created his own problems. I know, I know what we're going to say. He's the one that gambled the money away. Mm-hmm. He's the one that he, – I, I get it. I, at every step, Phil created this. He's the one that went into bed with them initially and created the plan to steal all the players. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, and and think that, you know, ultimately history will hold him accountable for that. But when I saw him on Monday, I, I saw a guy with a lot of regret. And I think he now knows that. And I, I don't I don't want to say that that 9-11 letter is the thing that might have – is the thing that might have been like for, for any of those guys who went home on – Last Thursday when it got delivered and sat in our hotel room and said, man, why, what did I do? I do think that letter might have impacted the American players. I do believe that. Okay. Um, and I think Phil, when Phil was asked by Christine Brennan about it, mm-hmm. and he got irritable and agitated, and you could see, visibly see the look on his face, he was, he was saddened by that. So <laughs> I... He comes off I, as someone I, I, he like that, that really does want to bring down the PGA Tour. He just realizes this. This, this was a bad way to do right. it. Right, like yeah, I, I, I would, I would sign off on that exactly. I do think he's got a lot of Greg Norman in him, and that I do think he has a in in what he considers a significant axe to grind with the tour. Whether or not he's right about I that mean, or not is probably not. Another, but sure, right for another day, right. But I, I would agree that what he's now figured out is I, I shouldn't have whored myself with the Saudis to do that. Right, right. That, that's the way he looks to me. And I think um, I, I've, always been a Phil, I've always been a Phil fan. I have been a Phil fan. Um, I do think he's been great for golf. I, I think that this is is terrible. I think the whole thing is awful. 
but um, I do feel a little bit of empathy for him in that I think it's spiraling into a direction that even he wasn't sure of when it started. So I, the only thing that's interesting to me about this, I keep coming back to what the only this thing is interesting to me in trying to figure out what the end game is, right? Because Lord knows I I'm. I'll I watch a, a couple of a balls this weekend at the U.S. Open, and then I won't watch golf again on any tour for some time. It's just that's who I am. I don't care. It's not my thing. Um, but what is interesting to me is what the end game ends up being. It's why I keep trying to ask you. And it's more well, interesting to me. Last week, what? I, I, I said last week, I think what, what's going to happen is. Right. That they'll ultimately. I, I think that this will become a Monday. I mean, a Monday. This will become a January. The, the PGA Tour will will say our our league will our tour will be January to August and you can go play anywhere you want from September and, until January. Right. And right. I think that the Saudi circuit will eventually tweak their schedule to accommodate that because ultimately they could potentially get more players. And and I guess this is the this is one of the more interesting discussion points for me is the the term free agency has been used, right, over and over and over. The term free agency, Graham McDowell used it extensively. Um, Dustin Johnson used it. A number of their players have used that term free agency. I, I wanted to be a free agent so I could play, quote, wherever and whenever I want. Right. And by signing on with this group, right. they're, they're, they're they've not, lost that. Yes, they're not actually they've, a free agent. Yes. They've lost that privilege. Yep. They, they can't go play. They can't leave. Yep. They can't not play at Portland. They can't not go to Trump's course in Bedminster. They, they, they have signed on and relieved themselves of the freedom to play wherever they wanted. And, and I guess this is the thing. If I, looking back, and Jay Monahan has obviously had to draw a very deep line in the sand, but Monahan allowed those players to go play in Saudi Arabia in January. He let them go do that because it only bumped up against a, a, a regular, air quotes here, right. a regular tour event, and it, and it was a one-off thing. And they all went over and played. And Varner won a bunch of money, and they all went and played. It's when they decide, that, as an example, they're going to play in the U.S. at the end of June against the John Deere. Right. He, he just cannot have that. No, I don't, understandable. It, 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 yeah. Right. So I think this whole idea about them being free agents well, it's 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 nonsense. A, a yes. really interesting topic. Well, and and the other question is, what is the appetite for trying to destroy this thing versus working with? And there's a lot of things that have to be figured out because at the end of the day, th there is this risk that at some point, hey, if we just figure out a way to make it work with them, you are normalizing. You're normalizing well, you're the not idea. Gonna have, right. You're not outspending them. It's very obvious. I know one of the things, Kevin. I haven't written. I mean, I'm sorry. I haven't read or heard. Everything Kevin has done in the in the wake of being over there, but I know one of the things Kevin keeps harping on, and 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 it's a valid point. One of the things he keeps harping on is because they aren't in this to make a profit, mm -hmm. they will never not spend. Mm -hmm. They will just keep spending, and if they want Brooks Kepka, 
they're going to give Brooks three hundred million if right. they really, really want him. Right. And they don't. It, they will never have this conversation. But, 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 Sir King, if we give him three hundred million, we're now budgeted to lose money this fiscal year. They'll never have that conversation. Yep, not a concern. And so, be, right. So because of that. The playing field isn't level, and and this was the thing I said last week, and I, and not I'm not saying it just said it to you. I said this to every podcast I did or everything I wrote. This was never ever ever about growing the game of golf. That is such oh, yeah. a dysfunctional but, lie. But they've made it clear because what the, this is not. It's not even about having a successful competition. They don't give a rat's ass about that. It's well, about, but Norman has used those terms. Well, because he's got Norman to. Norman has right. constant, right, right, but that's my point. Right. Like, this is not about growing the game of golf or making it better. And, and the way you know that is that if I started a golf tour tomorrow and said to the guys, the purses are only $1.5 total, but my tour is going to be way better than the PGA Tour – Come on over and play with me and give up the PGA Tour to play with me because my tour is going to be better and we're going to grow the game. Everyone would say no. Right. The only reason they're doing this is mm-hmm. for the money. Yes. And so the, the quicker the tour, the quicker the tour, meaning PGA Tour, the quicker the tour sort of identifies that, and I think that's what Monaghan has done. And I, I, I would say it was very well rehearsed, but his time on CBS on Sunday, he very clearly went right at them about the fact that you're not really trying to grow the game. And I think that's their big – that's the one thing that – because the PGA Tour cannot spend with them. It's just not going to work. So, um, it, obviously, it's going to wind up in court. There's no question about that. Um, I would say that before that, there will be something else happen, meaning some other significant something, whether or not that's one of these top players changing his tune. I don't think Rory, Rahm, and JT have dug in far too much. Um, but I do think Kepka is, is probably going. I would bet that he's going. If I could go down there today and bet it, I would bet you he's going. I would bet you that Chauvelet is going. Okay. He plays. He plays way too much golf with Phil, and I think he's far too established now and realizes, hey, it's really hard to win out here. I'm kind of busting my head against the wall to beat these guys. I'm not beating anyone. I'm making a lot of money, but I'm not really beating anyone. And so, legacy for me probably isn't important. I'm not winning 10 majors. I'm not even going to win six. If I won one, that'd be great. And Chauvelet strikes me as the kind of guy of the younger group that when they say, how's 150 million sound? He says, sounds like about 110 more than I'll make in the next six years on tour. And, and I don't even have to win. So I think he's a good bet to go. Okay. I mean, so I, okay. I, I, you know, to me, the whole thing is all about 
who stays and who goes. Right? So I, it, it, I, that, and that, that, right, that's where golf people, right? That's in that part, I'm, because I'm just not a golf person, I'm less interested in. I am interested, like, the two things that interest me. One, I think it's fascinating that Mickelson's become the face of it when, like, in five years he can just get out because his career is going to be over anyway, right? Like, right. you know, I mean, if he wants to keep playing in this thing, he can keep playing it for the sake of it, but the man's 51 years old. Like, right. the, the, when a 34-year-old comes over, they got to think about what life looks like seven years down the road. Like, they got to consider if they want to keep playing, things along those lines. Phil Mickelson doesn't have to worry. Whatever happens, happens. Who cares? It, it's done for him one way or the other. So that part to me is fascinating that he's the and guy that's – he got his $200 million. Right. Like what, what... – And I, I would say that one thing that these guys have all done, this would be the one – this would be the one dirty little secret that I think they've all shared. I think that for the most part they've all said this to themselves. Look, I'm going over there. I have no idea if this thing's going to work or not. I have no idea. But I know this. They wired $125 million into my account. Yep. Or, or the rumor is they wired half of it. They wired half the money into my account, and I have it stone dead. Got it in my bank account. I got to put in another two, one, you know, this year and next year. And after the second year, I'll get the rest of it. And if the thing goes belly up, I'll just go back to the tour and beg for forgiveness. And oh, by the way, I'll have a hundred million. And I, I think these guys all look at it the same way, like. I'm going to take this money, mm-hmm. and I'll worry about what the impact is of it later. Some other time, yep. And I'll and I'll na- I'll navigate my way around it. Yep. And um, I, I'm not trying to, in any way, shape, or form, like compare radio to to um, this golf thing, but like, you know, if, if you decided the next day, or you know, you decided tomorrow to go to some new upstart thing from 12 to 2 mm-hmm. and you went head to head with the old Glenn Clark time slot which happens all the time in radio anyway yes um you 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 do say well they gave me 40 more grand yeah and but, I'll deal but... with the I'll, I'll I'll deal with the after effects of that I don't really like country music right but they gave me 40 more grand yeah, but, yeah, but by the way it... out, and if the station goes out of business I got my 40 more grand. Sure, but there is also, and, and this is an interesting way of looking at it, like whenever we make decisions, we absolutely think, we think through these things. What type of commitment am I making? Is this thing going to be around? People ask me all the time, why don't I get back in radio? Because I'm like, well, because you can get fired any day when you work in radio, right? Right. I, I went and found a company that was local and wanted to be around and wanted me to be a part of it, and I trusted that I was going to have a job. So I could pursue another radio job that might disappear tomorrow based on nothing that I have to do, nothing to do with me at all, because some guy in New York just says, we need to slash this budget, and so you know, XXX has to go. But I have to live here. This is where my family is now, and so I need to be in a place where I'm stable. And that's the, the, the way that I answer the question, right? And I do think that for some people, it, it's, it's a far different world in golf. Who cares? I'm making so much money that if this thing goes belly up tomorrow, I'm going to be fine, right? Like, I don't have to worry about well, that's the anything. Thing. That's the thing, too. And, and I, I, do think, I do think that part of this is connected to um, – I do think part of this is connected to the way they've structured this thing. You don't, you don't even have to play good golf anymore. Right. It really is an exhibition. I mean, it really is. No and you don't you don't have to play good golf. And as a golfer, 
me, I hate it because it goes in direct contrast to the way we've all been taught about golf, which is you show up on that tee and you tell those guys on the tee, I'm better than you. And when we're finished 18 holes, my score will prove that. And when we finish the 72 holes, I'm going to show you I'm better than you. And by the way, if I don't, I'll go home and I won't have any money. It's the it's kind of the ultimate to me. It's the ultimate way to play sports. I'm going to show you I'm better than you, and if I'm wrong, I don't get paid. Yep. These guys, it's the exact opposite. Right. And by the way, show up. I'm going to try to drive that that bunker that's 247 yards away. And by the way, if I don't and I plug it in the trap and I make eight, it doesn't matter. A hundred percent. Now, look, I do think there's an argument for. How do we find a way to to mesh these two things? Does the PGA need to think about that that concept? By the way, I got to get going, but that concept could be interesting. All right, all right. That concept, that concept could be interesting too. Which is to say, people do go out and watch exhibitions. Right. They went to watch Eddie and his court play softball. I hear you, but I'm not even saying about exhibitions. But is there a world in which you say maybe zero dollars for missing the cut is is incorrect? Maybe maybe we need to reconsider that. that. Like, yes. the guy's still coming out, playing, helping us on television, all of those things. Do we need to reconsider yes. the fact that we don't pay any dollars at all for someone to miss I, the cut? All right. Uh, I would agree. Quickly, Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Watch all of the games at Glory Days Grill. 25 screens, private speakers at every table. Wings, ribs, burgers, you know it. It's amazing. GloryDaysGrill.com. Would you rather the Ravens trade for Terry McLaurin, a package that includes a first-rounder, and they give him the 20-plus million per year deal that he's looking for, or as exciting as it sounds, it just doesn't make sense? I'll pass on that. Uh, Have you heard about fake Clay Thompson? Yes. Okay, so in honor of fake Clay... When the Orioles are in the World Series in 2025, you pull off a scheme, kind of like what you tried to pull off at Yankee Stadium once upon a time, and right. you sneak in and you take batting practice with the team before game five of the World Series in 2025. But yes. then they catch you, realize it's you, and ban you for life from Camden Yards. Or, well, what? I would say... I was going to go in dressed as the Oriel Bird and square people. Ah, that's a hell of an idea. It's never caused any problems before. Uh, or you go to a game at the World Series in 2025, but you sit in a terrible seat. It's the worst seat in the house. You're there. You experience it. You don't get a lifetime ban, but you don't get that moment of glory. Which would you rather? I'll do the. I'll sneak in and take batting practice. Okay. All right. Um, there's I'm good. I'm there, good. there's no way you'd be able to pull it off though. You're 100 years old. And then um, uh, not only a uh, we're going to find out on Thursday Sorry, if Baltimore I gotta go. uh, if Baltimore's getting the World Cup. Would you rather? Not only does Baltimore get announced to get the World Cup, but they're going to host the final itself in 2026, or they miss the cut, but instead it's announced that Baltimore's getting a USL team, which will move up to MLS in the next 10 to 15 years. Now nah, I'll take the World Cup thing. By the yeah. way, we're getting three games. Oh, you, you know that. Uh, okay, fair, fair enough. We'll go with that. Uh, what do you want to plug? Drewsmorningdish.com. All right. Uh, I got a U.S. Open contest brought to you by Glory Days Ooh. right now. Go to Drewsmorningdish.com and fill out the contest. Very good. Go do that. Thanks, pal.
It's Drew Forrester. Drewsmorningdish.com and uh, Fairways and Greens on 105.7 The Fan. Sundays at 12. Proctor. Drew would be lucky if he looked like one of the grounds crew. He might be able to take some dirt. He's more like one of the seniors that work as ushers. It'd be very difficult for Drew to pull it off. Also, by the way, this is one where the answer could be impacted by the age. Like, get banned for life. Who cares? I'm 100 years old. Does not matter. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go over Would You Rather Wednesday quickly. Bubba Lean's going to join us here in a minute. Uh, the number one, uh, Griffin, would you rather Terry McLaurin trade a package, including a first round pick? Don't know. I didn't, I'm, I'm, I'm over trying to get out all the details because somebody just wants to nitpick. It's a package. It involves a first round pick. Maybe picks are going the other way. I don't know, but involves giving up a first round pick, probably more than what the Cardinals paid for Hollywood Brown. Um, and you got to give him that deal 20 plus million per year. Likely a four-year deal. What AJ Brown got four years, a hundred. So that probably puts Terry McLaurin. If we're if we're being fair, at like four years, eighty-eight, four years, ninety-two, something like that. Yeah. Something in that neighborhood. I'm a Terry McLaurin fan. I want him. I want him. I want the Ravens to get a receiver. I so uh, I say bring it in, whatever the cost. And uh, you know, I want to see this team. I want to see this team light it up. Uh, and I think a receiver, a receiver like McLaurin, would definitely help with that. DK Metcalf, whoever. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, I, I want to see the trade I want to see I and and I think it'd be worth it. Overwhelmingly, people, everyone's everyone's okay with not having it, right? People are going the other way. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Overwhelmingly, people I are find saying, that interesting. I mean, because I thought everybody everybody wants to see us get a receiver. Well, they did. Um, I I think that there's almost like an amount of give up to <laughs> to what's going on here. For example, some of the responses. Um, from Rob, are we also getting a new offensive coordinator? If not, no, of course you don't do this. Paul, what would be the point? The Ravens really don't know how to use receivers to their best effect. Uh, from Justin, for $20 million, he's a good player and all, but we have 12 tight ends and three running backs. Uh, okay. <laughs> not really sure what that has to do with anything. Um... And can't by, put 12 tight ends out there. By the way, if so. you're if you're debating whether or not Terry McLaurin is worth it, it's just because you haven't watched Washington and they stink, and so you don't realize how good Terry McLaurin is. Terry McLaurin is nuts. He's incredible. But again, the Ravens, they got Hollywood Brown in that draft, so got that going for us, which is nice. Number two, um, oh, John Proctor says he would do it. He says, I don't think spending – oh, no, no, he, says, he goes the opposite way. Sorry. Uh, I don't think spending that so I'm on all offense. Alone. I'm all alone. You really, uh, you yeah. are. Unqu- By the way, you're not. I would too. Okay. Uh, I don't think spending that on offense makes sense right now. Our passing game is not the focus. Put it towards pass rush. You realize that at some point you have to throw the ball. Still, I get it. They're gonna run the ball a bunch, but at some point you have to throw the football. And I would much rather have really good wide receivers that I can count on on the field when I do, even if I'm not throwing it as much. I, I get it. You're not gonna get a 2,000 yard season out of Terry McLaurin in this offense. But when you throw the ball, I want to be able to trust that the guy I'm throwing the ball to is going to make the play and is going to do special things to and get be open. open. Yes, yeah. all of those things. Number two, uh, would you rather uh, fake Clay? He snuck in. He took. Um, he took. He didn't. I mean, it wasn't with the team. It was well before the team came out. But he was able to do shoot around on the floor before Game Five of the NBA Finals. Before he got banned from Oracle Arena for life. 2025 World Series. You can go to a game, sit in a terrible seat. And you not know, not a bad seat in Camden Yards, by the way. Thank you. Um, you're you're still there, and you get to stay. Go keep going to games the rest of your life, or 
You get to be a legend. You go down. You sneak your way onto the field. You literally take batting practice with the team before they realize you're not supposed to be there. They kick you out. They ban you for the rest of your life. Uh, so, I mean, originally I was like, yeah, I want to take batting practice. Just, I mean, the thrill of that, like, that would be sick. Mm-hmm. And to get away with that, that would be the ultimate prank. Um, but then, you know, Drew, you brought up the, you know, the, the age thing. And it's like, I mean, I'll, I'll be 25. Yeah, so it would be have, a very long time yeah, that you would not be able time. to go to a game But again. I also was thinking, like, would they really? I mean, they would. Be, yeah, they initially will say, "Yeah, you're banned for yes, life." The argument but, like, is that at some point they really consider yeah. the. We can't work with that. Like okay. you're getting banned for life. You can never go to another game at Camden Yards. Hmm. Now, for the record, you could go other states. Like they play in Philadelphia, yeah. you could yeah. go. They play in DC, you could go. Never but you could go never to go to Camden Yards, Yards ever again. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna say yeah. I still want to get on the field and take batting practice. That'd be that'd be definitely and definitely a sick prank to do. Uh, John Proctor thinks with that. he but. thinks that makes you a massive douche. Um, Simon, I, it's such an aggressive thing to say. Simon Adamarium, I'm sneaking in for batting practice. Sure, it'd be a lifetime ban, but it's a great story and it make for great content. And I'm a content guy. Um, it definitely would be a hell of a story. There's no question about that. It would be a damn good story. Uh, Ken Zalis, give me batting practice at the series. I can watch all the other games on TV, usually. Uh, from Dave, Dave says, uh, Glenn, as much as I wouldn't want to be banned, there is no way that anyone would ever be able to one-up the story that I would tell at a party for the rest of my life. I'd live with it. Let me have that experience. I hear you. And number three, uh, you get the uh, final of the World Cup or a USL team that ultimately moves to the MLS in 10 to 15 years. Definitely the final of the World Cup. It's by, the, mean, by the way, I'm, I'm a I little think both, surpri- both of those would be great. I, and that's the thing. Yeah. I think the other scenario is, is a pretty good scenario. Yeah. Um, it's an MLS franchise in Baltimore for a long time. Like, that's, that's a great thing. But I get it. The, the World, World Cup, Cup and yeah. the World Cup final would be so overwhelming. It's been overwhelming. Um, That'd be just great for. I mean, yeah. both would be really great for Baltimore. No so, doubt. But yeah, World Cup. Nothing, uh, not tw- a lot trumps that. Twenty-five dollar gift card for someone for participating in Would You Rather a Wednesday. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Come in for daily specials every weekday. Seven ninety-nine burgers on Mondays. Six ninety-nine chili nachos on Thursdays. GloryDaysGrill.com. When we come back in, we're gonna chat with Bubba Aline. Was an unbelievable season. First team All American at Maryland. Could he be uh, in the plans for the Orioles in the MLB draft? We'll talk about it. Bubbling next. Hey, Birdland families, this Father's Day, join the O's in celebrating Dad at the Yard as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday, June 19th at 1.35. Go above and beyond by treating Dad to a fun-filled day with the entire family. Make sure to get to the ballpark early because the first 10,000 fans, ages 15 and over, will receive an Orioles golf visor. Dad's Day done right this year with the O's. Don't wait until the last minute when planning Father's Day. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com slash tickets. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens 
This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports it's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants like me right now you're listening to glenn clark radio right back in here on gcr as we continue get your responses for would you rather wednesday in at glenn clark radio on twitter facebook.com slash glenn clark radio everybody who responds is registered to win that uh, $25 Glory Days Girl gift card. Boy, Proctor went in. Man, he went in. He hates you, Griffin. He hates you. Of course it makes you a massive douche. You might not endanger anyone else, but you expose the lack of security, which may encourage others to do the same. It would make security and getting into a game even higher and slower than it is. Security prices increase. Ticket prices further. And for what? So you can jerk around for 10 minutes? It's not always about you, guy. Yes. Take a seat and enjoy the game, Douche. Yes, I want to jerk around. It'd be Proctor. more than 10 minutes. Proctor, Once it, they see me taking BP, I might get a contract. He's probably right, but I don't want to encourage it. Like, I don't think, I just don't think it's that deep. Like, that's my, I just don't think it's that deep. But I, he's, I know he's probably right. I just, whatever. I, I can't, I don't, I don't have it in me today. I had to do this a little bit earlier on because of uh, his schedule getting ready for uh, the MLB draft, but what a season it was for Bubba Aline from the University of Maryland. And let's chat with him right now here on GCR. Well, joining us now here on GCR, he was a first-team All-American, the Big Ten Player of the Year this season. And now he's getting ready again for the MLB draft. It's a pleasure to welcome in. It's weird to say former Terp. He is Bubba (laughs) Aline. He's with us on GCR. Bubba, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on the show. And, uh, just glad to be here. Just been training, getting ready for the, the draft year. All right, let's get it out of the way at the top. It's a little bit over a week removed. <laughs> where are you at? Have you like reached a moment where you've been like, all right, man, I, I can move on. It, it, what happened happened. That's the way it goes. Or do you still find yourself like laying down at night and being like, how the hell do they call me out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, I still think about it all the time. Uh, it's, a, it's still very frustrating, but at the same time, just to kind of move on and, and things happen. It's baseball. I got to live with it. But 
still get texts about it and calls from my friends like <laughs> man i can't believe they made that call i'm like i know but <laughs> i mean just gotta move on and it's gets tough though that makes all of us by the way i still <laughs> can't believe now nah, it's cool we'll just let the uh the pitcher throw the ball into center field but it's cool we'll we'll call out anyway no no big deal <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right we're not gonna we'll leave it alone um are, are you able to um compartmentalize the disappointment versus all of the good being the first ever Maryland team to host a regional and everything you accomplished in your fifth season. Are you able to have those positive feelings, despite the fact that I have no doubt you, all the guys disappointed in how it ended? Yeah. So I think while we're playing at the time, everything kind of going on, we don't really get to appreciate all that we've done. And I think that's just the competitive nature of that team. It's just, we're kind of, we weren't really done and we had no, uh, no plans of being done playing. Um, but I think now that it's all over and said and done, I think we can all look back and, and appreciate all the things that we were able to accomplish and, and kind of the records and stuff that we did uh, change this year at Maryland. And I think we kind of knew that this team and this group was capable of doing that coming to the year. So I don't think we were super surprised by it. Um, but to be able to take a little step back and look um, at all the guys and everything that we did this year, it is, I am saying uh, I'm very proud of what this group and, and what we're able to do. A, a lot of that group is coming back. And I know it's going to be disappointing for you to not be able to be a part of it. Um, but do you feel like there is the opportunity to continue build? Do you feel like this group, the, the core of what remains there, the pitching that will remain moving forward, they're going to have that chance to take that next step and, you know, maybe be the team that does host a super regional, something like that in the coming years. Yeah. I mean, 100%. I think if you look at the last couple of years, this program is getting better and better every single year. I think you got guys like uh, Luke Schlager, Matt Shaw, and Jason Savickle still kind of leading the charge for this group. All huge contributors for us this year. I only expect the best for them and, and to keep getting better next year. Um, I think that the sky's the limit for that group. And I know the coaching staff will do a great job with the newcomers and whoever else is uh, kind of out there playing uh, to kind of get them ready and going forward. Um, so really excited to, you know, I won't be on the field with them. Obviously, we're all a part of it as a as Terp alum and, and baseball alumni um, and be supporting, but it'll be fun to watch that group play next year. I think it'll be very good. He is Bubba Aline. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. All right, so Bubba, tell me how you went from a young man who arrived at Maryland, struggled a bit the first couple of years at the plate, to becoming, in your fifth year, a first-team All-American. How did, did this rise <laughs> happen for you over the course of your five years in College Park? Um, it definitely wasn't easy, and... It definitely was a struggle at first, especially coming in as a freshman and playing so like poorly compared to what I was ex uh, was expected to in high school. Um, and it's really tough coming as a freshman and, and kind of trying to see that success and not seeing that and saying, like, hey, where do I go from here? Um, but our coaching staff, me and Matt Swope, did a great job kind of connecting together and kind of growing together and saying, hey, like, this is the things we need to do to get better at. And it's a, it was a process. I mean, you didn't see immediate results, but I mean, that's his goal is, he works with everyone individually so well to kind of say, like, hey, this is where we need to go. And just if you just follow these steps, like you'll get there. Um, and I think he did that with every single player on this team the last two years. And I think you've seen growth out of everyone. And I contribute a lot of my personal success to him, along with the other coaching uh, coaches as well. They've done such a great job. You know, it's so funny for me. And I like Matt a lot. He's a great dude. It, every <laughs> time I Lamont, I, I talked to Lamont after his massive season last year with the Giants. Right. And he was <laughs> yeah. like, he was like, dude, I singularly credit. To, to coach Swope <laughs> like like didn't even 
he wasn't like, hey, you know, it's a lot about me. He was like, no, dude, it's about Coach yeah, Swope. Swope won't take any credit, so that's why I always take opportunity to give it to him. <laughs> he just wants to be behind the scenes, and but he does such a great job with all of us. Like I'd say, he does, he deserves some credit for that. How do you explain that, right? Like, because there's so many guys that I talk to that say the same thing. How do you explain? how it is that someone is able to make that connection. Cause he can't go swing the bat for you. Like he can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he would, if he could, <laughs> but I think he's just, he's so dedicated to what he does and such every individual that, I mean, he, he dedicates so much time and effort into each individual player and then the group as a whole as well. Um, but he really makes it his goal to, to kind of be there for us and whatever we need. Um, it's not just like the Matt Swope show where you're doing whatever he wants you to do. It's kind of just, it's a, it's a relationship that you build them. I think that's why you see so many guys come back to kind of hit with them and so many guys he still talks to from who have played here not even quite like a while ago. Um, but just developing that relationship with him, I think makes him better as a coach. And I think it makes us all better as hitters. Um, and I think that's a great part about Maryland baseball is that even like from the head coach and from Coach Vaughn down, I think that they do such a great job developing relationships with the players that it makes it really easy for alumni to come back for the regional and for people to continue to want to play here, which is why I see this group going so far in the in the future. Yeah, it's awesome to see all of the big leaguers that are having success right now. It's certainly telling quite the story of why it is that maybe more kids should come to Maryland. With, with that in mind, Bubba, just because I, I never had the opportunity to ask you, a kid from Philly, why was Maryland the spot for you to begin with? Um, yeah, especially when uh, Coach Chef was actually the coach when I was yeah. recruited there. Um but funny, I had a friend in high school who's uh, Zach Sankarski, who went to the same high school as me, who went to Maryland as well. Um, so just kind of having that insider info on the program and what the coaches were about was really nice because when you're a high school kid, your coaches are going to kind of tell you what you want to hear and sure. vice versa. And I think that's what they do such a great job at Maryland is they'll kind of say, like, hey, this is what we're about. And if you're the right guy, you'll come. If you're not, then you can go somewhere else kind of. But I think they do a great job of getting the right kids. And everything I heard about the program sounded kind of somewhere I wanted to be. Um, so it really wasn't even much of a, a decision. It was just like, I think this is the right fit for me. And once they said, like, hey, like, we'll take you, I was like, it was it was really easy for me that from there. As I see you wearing your Big Ten championship hat, it seems like the decision worked <laughs> out okay for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it worked out very good. <laughs> Decent. Um, uh, I, I, another question, I just genuinely, I'm sure you've told it a million times. How did Chris become Bubba? What's the story on, on Bubba? Yeah, so I get this one all the time. <laughs> but... Um, so my neighbor, um, actually, they were very close friends of ours, like very family close friends. Um, so one of the daughters was trying to say the name brother, like they were trying to say okay. brother, but she said Bubba instead. And that was her way of saying brother. So I've always had the name Bubba kind of from their family. I love it. I love it. Um, and it's kind of just stuck from, I think I went to kids to school with kids for my whole life and they probably had no idea my name was Chris. It's just <laughs> always been, it's always been Bubba. So it's stuck. Plus the alliteration of Bubba Bomb is just too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like it just works out way it too just, well. It, it works so well. <laughs> um, uh, Bubba, you didn't get drafted a year ago. And, and even now, like I'll, I'll peruse, you know, mock drafts and, I, I don't see what are people missing? What is it that people don't understand? If, again, first team All American, Big Ten Player of the Year. We've seen the damage you can do with a bat. What are people missing? And what is the team going to get that ends up calling your name here in a couple of weeks in the MLB draft? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure. I don't really get too caught up in um, kind of what they're missing. I just kind of go up there and play the game hard and try and play it the right way. And, and eventually the right team will give me a call this, this year and, and kind of get in with the right with the right organization, with the right fit, which is 
very important to me is kind of getting somewhere I'll feel comfortable and somewhere where they're going to value my skill set and have a chance of getting called up and moving up. Um, so really, it's not about me for what they're missing. It's just about what the right team is going to get. Um, and that's why I'm excited to kind of find the right, right organization and kind of get started in that right direction. What are they going to, beyond the stats, and again, beyond what we know you're capable of, what what are they getting in the person, in the passion, in the player that is Bubba Lean? Yeah, I guess I think they're just getting someone who, who tries to play the game the right way and also just a kind of a fun guy to be around, um, very friendly, always trying to make new friends, whether that's with the – our team or the fans or someone that's just very interactive with the, with the the fans and the crowd and just a real love for the game of baseball. Um, and I think that's something you might find like for loss in the minor leagues, people are kind of very stuck on themselves. Um, and just like a team oriented guy, just wanted to go out there and win every day. And I think that's something that uh, we should value a little bit more in baseball, especially in, in minor leagues. So I think kind of bringing that to a team, I think it will be fun. I am rooting for it to be the Orioles, for the record. I want to make that abundantly clear. I think that would be a really awesome way for this story to go. <laughs> Bubba, you uh, that 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 moment, you know, like of looking around, and you guys did it for for four days, right? But that regional in College Park, the stands out in left center field. Um, I, I was I was there, you know. There, I don't want to age myself, but it's been a while, right? <laughs> And yeah. nobody was at those games no one, all yeah, those years ago. To to see that, can you put into words what that was was like for you? What it meant to you for that to be, you know, your last image of being a Maryland baseball player? You know, it's crazy because everyone always asks me, like, "Oh, was it worth it coming back?" and and being able to walk on the field and see that it was. I mean, that right there, it was, it was worth it for just that to see where this program started or I got here when there was. To 100 people at our Friday night games to seeing the, us hosting a regional, seeing all those fans there to watch us play, um, which was just something with this unbelievable feeling. Um, just to, to show that all this the team, this hard work that this team has done, and for all the teams that came before this team, too, and all the work that they put in to kind of grow this program to where it was. I think that's just a credit to everyone who's kind of been through here the last at least five years since I've been here and the people before me, too, um, and how much work and and dedication has really gone on into all this. And I think that was just kind of a, a nice reward um, to kind of see all those people there to watch us was awesome. So cool. It was so cool, man. It was, it was unbelievable. And then you talk about uh, like work. Um, you know, I, I was I just had uh, Jose Quas on the show last week <laughs> yeah. and you talk about a guy that had to do work, right? Like you had to go work for <laughs> yeah. FedEx. Um, how, how ready are you for that? Like digging back in and having to start back from the bottom and yep. earn your way to the major leagues. How prepared are you for the work that's ahead in the coming years? I mean, I'm, I think I'm extremely prepared. I mean, that's they call us the dirty terps for a reason. That's a great I mean, point, right? You got uh, <laughs> I think that's what they kind of build it. That's what we, we do here. Um, we're kind of built for that moving into the minor league and saying, hey, like, we might be starting from scratch, but we know how to work. We've been here before. Um, and we're just ready to go at any given time. I think that's what they do such a great job of here. Um, I think that's just kind of the culture that they built at Maryland. Um, and it's just kind of a bunch of a gritty guys just trying to work and, and be the best that we can. So I think when you get to the minors, that's a great mindset to have. And I think we have plenty of experience with that. That's awesome, man. That's a, it's a great – you are the Dirty Terps, right? Like you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, ready, you're ready to go do all the hard – whatever it takes, whatever it takes in order to get there. Uh, right. Bubba, it's been such a joy watching you play, man. Like it has just been. Again, my God, we will. Ne I'll never be over what happened. <laughs> um, this I'm probably not nearly as much as you won't. But what a joy it was to watch you play. Let me get in some plugs for you. Uh, Twitter, Instagram. Um, maybe there's something that you've been doing now that NIL's a thing, right? That we could. What can yeah. we, what can we plug for you? 
Um, I don't really know. I haven't really, I haven't really gotten into anything. I've kind of been getting more active on Twitter recently. Um, I, by the way, Yukon. I thought that was really cool. You sending out. I know it didn't work out, but like you sending out a, a shout out to UConn. Like I think that was a that was a, a, a kind of a real neat statement about who you are as a person. That you were like, nah, dude, I'm I'm gonna root for those guys. I enjoy yeah. playing against them. Yeah, they played the game the right way. They were they were cool guys to us. Um, so just congratulating them and, and kind of wishing them luck moving forward. Um, being able to talk to those guys on the field and stuff. They they were kind of a lot like us off the field. They were really good guys who worked really hard and and they were able to accomplish a lot this season. So really was happy for them. Um, and just kind of yeah, I was rooting for them to keep going and, and hopefully with they unfortunately their season ended too but they had a good run no, so, there's no doubt yeah. they were they look man in another world they would have been a great story that i would have embraced <laughs> yep. just you know not this world so i know it's at chrysaline or chris underscore yeah. aline yeah, two chrysaline yeah under two and then instagram we got a topher underscore aline which is a name that came from i played a summer ball game team in high school and for some reason, they called me Topher. All right. Really I mean, me, so I kind of just went with that one. What is it about baseball and nicknames, by the way? Like, it's I like, I don't it's, think anyone gets called by their real name. It's 100%. And by the way, like, to the point where they'll be longer. I used to say this all the time. Buck Showalter was in Baltimore. Nick Markakis. And he would call him Nicky. I'm like, it's a, it's a elongated version yeah. of his actual name. It's just the nature of baseball. That's the way that it goes. It, it's just how it is. Bubba, um, seriously, such a thrill to to watch you play, man. Um, really a joy, and we're gonna be rooting for you no matter where it ends up. Hopefully, for our sake, it's not like the Yankees, the Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> we would prefer that it be Baltimore, but wherever it is, man, con- continued health, success to you. Congratulations on everything you accomplished, and thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you having me on the show, and. I guess we'll have to see where I end up, but who knows? Could be Baltimore. It'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be so <laughs> cool. Bubba Aline, uh, All-American, first-team All-American at Maryland this season, Big Ten Player of the Year. Man, really enjoyed that, and uh, it would be awesome if it worked out that he ended up being selected by the Orioles. And His journey continued uh, here after we had the uh, the joy of watching him play the last couple of seasons. and will never be over with uh, that insane call uh, against UConn in the final of the uh, the regional. All right, we continue on here on a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I hope uh, this uh, I can pull this off and he'll play along with me. Joining us now here on GCR, it's been a little while since we've caught up with him, but I'm really happy to bring back into the program Dan Duquette, who joins us right now here on GCR. Dan, good morning. How are you? Hey, we're doing great. We're up here in the Cape uh, in Boston, and... Uh we're really looking for some new acquisitions uh, for our, our boat. Uh, we've got a nice boat out here, a couple life jackets. Uh, it, it's about the probabilities and the acquisitions we can have to bolster the bullpen in, uh, in our, in our uh, boat racing competition. So we, we've been really fortunate to, uh, to have a good time up here in the Cape uh, and, and always glad to be on an Oriole radio network show. So we're, we're excited about that. Hey, uh, you had a, you had a catcher a couple years back. Uh, his name was Caleb Joseph. How much do you credit him with the success that the Orioles found uh, during these winning years? Yeah. Outside of my uh, tricky waiver claims, he was, he was absolutely <laughs> the, the number one key to the ball club. Uh, his, his offensive prowess was at, a, at an all-time low, but uh, defensively he was pretty good and uh, quite a character in the clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, he was. So we, we, were, uh, we, we were happy to have him on the ball club. 
with us now here on GCR is former Orioles catcher Caleb Joseph. What's going on, buddy? How hey. are you? <laughs> uh, I can't wait to get a phone call from Dan uh, <laughs> in about 30 minutes after this, uh, after is, this goes live. That is awesome. That is, oh, we, we love Dan. Uh, we actually get along great with Dan. <laughs> so I, I, I hope Was it any good? Oh, it was tremendous. It was excellent. It was outstanding. Dude, how you been? Everything good? Yeah, I can't complain. Um, It it has been a little tough to see the black and orange on the other side. And you're like the the, the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. The blue blue on my chest and the black and orange on the other side. Getting to see Rock. um, Getting to see Steve Molesky. Getting to see... Some of the the normal faces, uh, the few that are left, actually, right. to be honest with you, right. um, it brought back a, a number of different emotions that uh, I wasn't exactly prepared for. So, so let's cut the um, crap. How do we get you back? Let's just cut through all this. How do we like? We love you know. Let's make it abundantly clear. We love Palmer. We love all these guys. How do we get you back here? What what is it going to cost? Do, do I need to? Do we need Jimmy's to get involved? What do we do in order to make sure that you're you're one of us again in the future? Um, I would love that. Um, to be honest with you, social media is pretty powerful. Uh, there, there are there are a lot of people that scour social media, and the wishes of the fans are almost the commands of the people running the show. So, yes, All please right. make your make your wishes known, and would love to would love to somehow find a way to be back in oh. black and orange. I, I believe it'll happen at some point. Oh. Um, hopefully sooner than later, but yes. I'm, I'm, Social media is a very powerful tool. Very I'm, powerful. I'm genuinely terrified there's going to end up being a bidding war when, like, when Showalter finds out that that you're you're available to be had, he's going to be like, no, we we need him doing Mets games. <laughs> we need that. Great. To be the what a job he's doing. Oh my God, it's unbelievable. I, are you? But you're not even remotely surprised, are you? You when you? I know. I know they have a really good roster, and it was a good situation for him to go into. But still, like the impact that he makes on that team. I, I got to imagine you're not even a little bit surprised by what he's been able to do there. No, I'm not. And I went to spring training with the Mets last year and was with them for about two months uh, on the taxi squad. So I got to really see the ins and outs of kind of their organization. And you could tell that it everything you'd kind of heard about the Mets was, was kind of true. It just felt like there was this gray cloud that was following them and I'm not surprised one bit at what he's been able to do because of how prepared I know he is, how detail-oriented I know he is, and then how that, to me, seemed like it was the missing key over there with a number of different aspects. Um, it, it, it lines up that the talent over there is amazing, and I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, it seems like this is kind of not his chance, mm-hmm. but I know – getting a world series ring is, is very important to him and looks really, really good for him this year, especially Dude. without Scherzer and DeGrom. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of scary if you think about it's insane. it. I mean, it's insane. And and I would go a step further. I, I don't know. You know, I, you don't get a vote. I don't get a vote, but if he wins a world series, he's a hall of famer, right? Like that, that's, there's an argument that he should be in any way, but we just know the way this works, right? Like you got you got to win a World Series. We just saw um, Bobby Cox go in recently. You got to win one as a manager to get in. If if he could win one, he's in, right? Like we, I, 
we all have to root for. I, I look. I don't. We're not New York people. You know that, uh, Caleb. We don't love New York, but it's not the Yankees, so we're fine with it. Um, sure. You have to root like hell for this to happen for him because if he just wins a World Series, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. I think that's the missing piece, to be honest with you, and I think that's why he's given it a try over and over and over. I, th- I think that's what he's chasing, and how could he not? I mean, he's fantastic, and I was I was able to talk to James McCann over there in. New York and he's a friend of mine and I told him I said you're you're not going to believe how educated you become on the game I know you've been playing it for 20 years and parts of you know whatever seven years in the big leagues but just wait and he kind of looked at me funny like yeah okay whatever man and (laughs) after the I'm telling you I just talked to him about a month and a half ago and you could just feel the energy on the other side of the phone how excited he was and acknowledging yes you're right i i i have never played for somebody like buck show walter so those those uh those mets players they're they're really really adapting to kind of his style and they've kind of taken that little brother you know us against the world and buck's really really good at that and they're playing with their hair on fire right now no it's unbelievable uh caleb joseph is with us here on gcr he's working now with Sportsnet and the blue jays doing broadcasts and getting to see the orioles this week um that part of it just getting into it is is this now like that's your direction this is this is what you're going to be doing for some time to come the broadcast side of things i think so um I was talking to Rock yesterday and, and told him I wasn't 100% finished in my head, but the game is telling me I'm 100% finished. Yeah, that's so, a funny way of doing that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough, but this is kind of the direction I would like to go in terms of right now because of my, my kids. I've got a seven-year-old son and four-year-old daughter, both of whom were their gender reveals were at Fort McHenry um, in Baltimore. And I recently read a statement. I don't really want to definitely go there, but I read something about the Orioles staying in Mm -hmm. Baltimore as long as Fort McHenry is there. And it like, ding, it, um, wow. It just triggered like, yep. I had both of my gender reveals there. So, so many amazing memories um, in Baltimore, just with raising my kids, the the 2014 team that won, Um, man, just so many awesome memories that, the Snapchat thing is what gets me because my wife has it and she can come back and show me, you know, hey, look at this, you know, six years ago today, mm-hmm. four years ago today. And all of those are Snapchats of my time in Baltimore. So yeah. my son being one years older or my daughter just being born or my wife and I going out on a date to Spoon's Cafe, you know, seven years ago. It's <laughs> all those like Snapchat memories. They're, they're all in black and orange. and so. Um, yeah, very, very sweet memories. As of right now, yeah, this is kind of the direction I'd like to go in, in terms of uh, radio and, and TV, doing a little bit of both, doing play-by-play on radio and then some pre- and post-game stuff. So just trying to get my feet wet in the business, but never knowing where that roller coaster will kind of turn. And we'll see what happens. We we got to get you back here. Uh, Caleb Joseph is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Um, Caleb, you, you know, you're such a natural for this, and everybody knows that. And it, it's such a perfect fit for you. Do you find yourself almost having to button up a little bit? Like, do you find yourself saying, man, guys, we're kind of taking this a bit too seriously. This is talking about baseball. Let's just be stupid and have fun a little bit here. 100%. Yeah. And that's, and that's, my, that's my personality naturally, right? So 
getting Dan, um, not Dan, getting Ben Wagner to just, uh, my whole goal is to get him and our kind of radio engineer, Tom, to laugh yeah. on the radio at least once a game. Yeah. So, um, and they're not like super serious. They are funny people. Like we have a great time, but just trying to even show that during the broadcast, that's my, that's my plan and my goal. And the Orioles fans know I'll be self-deprecating and, and that will usually do it. So, um, you know, he'll, he'll kind of try and team me up. What do you, what do you think he should do here? And I'll, and I'll say, well, I have no idea. I mean, you have to remember, I, I was a career 200 hitter. So <laughs> this, what I'm telling you is probably worthless. You know, and so they all. How the do like I that. know? And, right. Just try and be natural, right? And um, oh. but I will say this. I will say it is a little bit harder than I kind of anticipated in really? terms of the yeah, with trying to uh, make sure you you hit a whole different angle with being able to feed the stats and being really prepared with the information sure. so that it kind of puts a cherry on top of your point. You know, if I'm sitting here saying, well, you know, Mancini's doing such a great job of, of hitting balls in the zone this year. And, you know, you can see just, he's just not chasing much as evidenced by a 19% chase rate outside the zone. Whereas in years past, he's been chasing at a 34% rate, being able to use those stats that, I would never do if we were just talking teammate to teammate. Right. Like, hey man, like you're doing a really good job <laughs> laying off those pitches. Like, stay right there. Right. And <laughs> I mean, imagine you approach it. Imagine walking up to Trey and being like, "Dude, I know what your chase rate is." <laughs> oh, it is weird. I was talking to him about it. It's weird. I was talking to him yesterday about some stuff. Like, hey, now I understand how people get really, 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 really into the numbers because each day I get a stat pack. And it is unbelievable the amount of information that I get every single day. And I am finding myself even less than a year removed going, wow, I literally feel like I could play this game on a chessboard because of all the stats. I get it now. Wow. Whereas when you're in it, you know the numbers, you have an idea of what the numbers are, and then you like the game is organic and you will play it. And the game will usually tell you which way you want to go left and right. And then you use those stats and those numbers to kind of create some gut feelings. And then whereas when you're in the booth and you have all of these stats, it's like, hey, man, this is so black and white. Just do this. It's easy to think that way. So I was telling him about the massive change and not trying to get too uh, pendulum swinging one way or the other too much and kind of stay in that gray area because I think that gray area is a sweet spot. Wow. Wow, this is incredible. By the way, there's nothing more for when you're doing broadcast. There's nothing more frustrating than that you prep so much. You have so much information. You're like, oh, dude, I'm definitely going to get to that. And then you realize after the game, it was like, oh, crap, I totally forgot to mention that. And it was gold, right? Like, there's nothing more frustrating than that when you do a broadcast because you have so much information and you do your homework and you're prepared and you're ready to go. And then you get into talking about the game and having fun and you forget, like, oh, there were these six things I meant to mention during the course of the broadcast. That's it. That's it. And a lot of folks don't get to see that and there's i I, we're creatively thinking about some stuff over here at sportsnet in how to how to implement all of that stuff in a maybe non-traditional format um i i'm i can't really spill the beans yet but i think there's going to be some opportunities where a non-traditional format of covering a baseball game is going to be available whereas you can make all those notes and just kind of go through all of them without having to worry about stepping on someone's toes or doing this or doing that. And I think it's going to be kind of the 
new generation of like sports coverage. To be honest with you. So what you're saying is there's going to be a second. It's going to be the uh, the A Rod cast, but it's going to be Caleb Joseph sitting in his boxers behind the drum <laughs> kit watching a baseball game. Well, I, I, I yes, I will you're look, onto it. I will look forward to it no matter what. You're onto it. I, I want to actually run some baseball stuff by you. I, I, I yeah. we could just do this by the way for an hour and it'd be wonderful. Um, we're going to see Kevin Gosman tomorrow. He's unbelievable. What has changed? What has allowed Kevin Gosman to unlock what we always knew was an overwhelming amount of talent and become this just brilliant, dominant pitcher? Yeah, so sad to to see him, quite honestly, doing this outside of an Oriole uniform. Yep. And I was teammates with him. I, it, but at the same time, I'm happy for him just as a as a person, as a player, because he was he was a hard worker and such a uh, tremendous professional for us in Baltimore. And we just had his usage wrong. I'm gonna be honest with you; like we had everything wrong in terms of the old traditional style of throwing the ball down and away. He has so much natural ride on his um, on his fastball that trying to throw that ball down in a way it's going to naturally lift and rise and so you're trying to go down the way you end up missing thigh high and we kept forcing that forcing that we were really adamant about trying to get him going with a slider trying to figure out a slider and goodness I think he spent probably all of his entire career really stressing on that slider I loved this split at that point but it just it was only a two strike pitch um we wanted to save it for two strikes. Well, he goes on to Atlanta. He goes to Cincinnati. And then, of course, last year um, in San Francisco and figures out that his fastball, because of the tech, his fastball actually plays best at the top of the zone. And his best out pitch is that split. Go dominate those two pitches and those two quadrants and go figure it out. And in the meantime, he's not using the windup. He's just using a stretch. He's actually got a lot of weight planted back on that back foot. He's using heel pressure and toe pressure to help elevate and and uh, throw the ball up and down. Um, he's got long, long, long hair now. Everything's different about him. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. Um, he looks totally different. And the confidence that oozes out of him is something that it struck me right away when I saw him three or four months ago was like, holy smokes, this is not a guy that is searching anymore. And that's the, that's the guy I saw every day, unfortunately, in Baltimore was, how am I going to find that slider? How am I going to get that fastball down and away? How am I going to – and to see him finally figure himself out and just go get it and let his natural ability with the fastball up at the top of the zone and the split underneath play – it's really, really cool to see him succeed. It, it is. Uh, it's. I, I am happy. I like Kevin Eli. He's a great dude. I am. Um, I'm jealous. Like as the Orioles fan in me comes out, I'm jealous, but I am happy for him. I want to make that clear. Um, I, I was going to ask you if you had advice for Adley, but I want to go another way. If that's okay, Caleb. Sure. Could you offer advice to Orioles fans, like about the way we treat? Adley and the burden of expectations and like you know Matt was an unbelievable major league baseball player like he was he had the career guys dream of and yet there are people in Baltimore that when you bring up his name they say uh, he was a bust because they wanted him to be you know Mauer with power Jesus and cleats right like the greatest thing that ever happened to catching 
<laughs> um, we're treating, like I, I said when he came up, we, we think that Adley Rutschman is supposed to be an amalgamation of Mike Piazza's bat and Pudge Rodriguez behind the plate. And if he's anything short of that, there are going to be people here that are disappointed. What would you right. say to Orioles fans about the way that we view Adley Rutschman, who is clearly talented, but we need to be reasonable about the way that we handle this, right? Yes. Learn your lesson. Mm. That's just It's plain and simple. You just alluded to it. Learn your lesson. And in a day and age, for me right now, in a day and age where the AAA ranks is so different than it used to be, and these kids, they are, their kids are now jumping up to the system faster than they ever have, mm-hmm. and the technology is so much more available in those minor leagues that when a kid gets called up to the big leagues five, ten years ago, there used to be a massive grace period where we don't really know much about this guy. The manager would call uh, the AAA manager, trying to find out a little bit about this guy. You know, well, he can hit the slider, you know, challenge him with fastballs. And that's about the report you got, right? So there was this kind of one time through the league that you got to go and people wanted to see what you could do against their fastball. It's not true anymore. Now everybody has spin rates. They have the track man stuff. They have rap sodas. They have every information that you could possibly have in the big leagues is now being funneled down to the minor leagues. So when Adley Rutschman gets called up to the big leagues, that big league staff is going to have all of that information on the opposing side. And they're going to say, this is exactly how we get this guy out. There's Mm -hmm. no experimenting. There's no, well, let's see if he can hit big league heat, you know, or let's see if he can hit that slider. I mean, they have a game plan right out the gate. Whereas, five, ten years ago, there was this experimentation, so chill out. Mm. Just chill out, everybody. Mm. He's going to be fine. Look, the biggest thing for me is how he handles the defensive side of the ball because that is what takes so much of the time. It takes the mental uh, strain to, to continue to work with 13 guys every day. It is a massive undertaking to ask somebody, during this middle of the season to go learn 13 guys. And there's no amount of spring training preparation you can do to actually get you ready for a major league setting. So be patient, be patient. He's learning so much information. You cannot even imagine how much he is trying to implement, how much he's learning at the major league level, the meetings, the constant um, going over video, the sequencing. It is a lot Okay, and I debuted at 27. I was almost mind blown wow. with how much I had to handle. Wow. What, 22? Uh, 24, yeah. Just be patient. Okay, he's going to be fine. Everybody just take a deep breath, <laughs> get your hand off the panic button, and just let the kid play. Just let him play. Oh. Hang in there. Bro, I say I'm jealous of uh, of Kevin Gosman's success. I'm jealous of everyone in Toronto that gets to spend their evenings with you, man. Oh God, I could I could do this. We got to make it happen. We got to get you back. I'll I, I don't have a lot of power. I don't have a lot of sway, but I'm gonna I'm gonna use whatever I got because we got to make it possible. Sure, uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, the power of social media, people, and and this was a possibility. So I don't I don't want you to think that. This was a zero, and and we, we, we had some conversations, and, and there was some opportunities there, and I think hopefully in, in the future they're, we're able to circle back around because Birdland, I mean, Birdland's home. It's just home, and I, I, I went to five other organizations after I was in Baltimore, and it just, it just didn't feel right, right? So 
I've always wanted to kind of return home and just love the fans and how they have supported me over the years. I've been overwhelmed with the support of Baltimore and Birdland fans. And it's just, it's something to never forget. Right. And I mean, I was not a marquee player. I was just a backup catcher, you know, on a good team. So, but the outpouring of love that that I have, have felt, I have not felt that in the other cities. So Baltimore, you are, you are home and, and, um, miss you so much there's no doubt you never have to pay for a drink in this town that's a fact there (laughs) there is no question about it at yyz backstop on twitter is how you follow him caleb joseph truly appreciate you taking the time for us this morning man let's do it again soon thank you so much whenever you want you let me know all right thanks buddy okay caleb joseph oh man we could do that for six hours you kidding me i just talk there's there's uh, i a hundred things i want to talk more about trey I wanted to talk more about, and I just, I, I couldn't, we'd already kept him 20 plus minutes. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it. We'll just have to call him again. We'll just have to call him again here in a couple of weeks. When of the Orioles play the Blue Jays next, we'll call him again. That's the way that it'll go. I was actually literally going to have him play Blue Jays. Like, I had so many things written down for Caleb Joseph, and I just. Uh, yeah, I had no idea he was doing the Blue Jays broadcast until, I, like, this week. You know, it was really when... funny, because I, I had heard about it a few weeks ago and just forgotten. Because if I had remembered, I would have had you call him on Sunday. Um... But I had just forgotten about it, and then I heard Rock talking about him last night on the broadcast. I was like, oh, piss, that's right, Caleb. And then we had a, we had a totally booked show. We just happened to have something that needed to move uh, this morning. So I was like, dude, you call Caleb. Yeah. And he's just the best. Yeah. I mean, he's just the best. He's I think, I, I think I'm going to try and listen to the Toronto broadcast because with like MLB TV, you can listen to like whichever. Oh, do you subscribe? Broadcast. Yes, I do. Yeah. Why? So I can, well, because so, well, I don't have cable. And so I have to like okay. try to okay. do. I have to jump through a lot of loop. I was gonna say, holes, but, but if you don't have uh, cable, so I, are you able I to, like, to watch? Change, I have to like change my IP. Yeah, address, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, you doing like a VPN deal? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So All that's right. how I watch. That's how I get my Orioles fix. Uh, <laughs> so tonight, I think I might check out Caleb. Bro, I, I love me some Caleb Joseph. Yeah. Love that dude. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Um, all right, let me read through this. So the statement was made um, earlier this week by. Um, hang on a second. The statement was made by John Angelos, and then earlier this morning, the Orioles put out a statement from Georgia Angelos, uh, Peter's wife. It reads, it's lengthy, uh, in light of the false and painful claims that have been alleged in the lawsuit that my son Lewis has brought against me and my older son John, I want to set the record straight. My husband of 56 years, Peter, has appointed me his sole attorney in fact and the sole controlling trustee of his revocable trust. I alone have the authority to manage the family's assets and make decisions, and I take this responsibility very seriously. Since I appointed John Angelos as chairman and CEO of the Orioles in 2020, he has led the organization thoughtfully and effectively, including through unprecedentedly challenging times. John has my full faith, as well as the trust and confidence of Major League Baseball, Commissioner Rob Manfred, MLB's executive leadership group, and the, quote, control persons, unquote, of the 29 other MLB clubs who voted to approve John as the Orioles' control person. At my direction, John worked exhaustively and successfully for two years with Governor Larry Hogan, MSA Chairman Tom Kelso, Mayor Brandon Scott, and the legislative leadership of Maryland to pass the law to modernize Camden Yards and ensure that the Orioles remain in Baltimore in perpetuity. I was born and raised in northeast Baltimore within walking distance of Memorial Stadium, attending city public schools at PS50, PS49, and Eastern High School. 
I attended the first Orioles opening day in 1954. Four decades later, our partnership group restored the team to local ownership, thereby avoiding the constant threat of relocation that had taken the Colts away from Baltimore. Any suggestion that Peter, John, or I would explore moving the club is false and intentionally divisive. As the sole attorney in fact and controlling trustee, I have relied upon a sophisticated team of senior business advisors, consultants, attorneys, and nationally recognized legal, financial, tax, and estate planning firms with whom John and I, on behalf of the Orioles and my family, have worked on all matters. Within that group, I have the highest regard for the professionalism and integrity of Chris Jones and his partners at the law firm of Moore and Van Allen, who have provided invaluable counsel in our family estate planning and in the Orioles' near- and long-term strategic planning. I consider Chris as a friend, and Chris and his family, as well as my son John and his family, are owed an apology for this baseless, unfounded, and defamatory complaint. I have always believed that family disputes and concerns should remain among family members, and I deeply regret any distraction this may have caused to our dedicated Orioles senior leadership team and staff, our many community partners, and most importantly, devoted Orioles fans. I look forward to putting this matter behind us all. Go Orioles. Um, so there's a few things there. One, it's a strong statement, much like John's was a strong statement. And as I said, it would have been somewhat Orioles-like to just say, look, there's nothing to this. We're not going to respond. There's nothing to respond to. What are you And trying to ignore it and make it go away. So I do appreciate the fact that they are saying something. Some of the responses that go around, one, wouldn't this be better in the form of a press conference? Maybe, maybe so. It, it is a bit awkward when you're dealing with a lawsuit because I don't know what you can and can't talk about. And I, and I mean that genuinely. That's not me trying to make an excuse. I'm saying that when there's a lawsuit involved, I don't know how helpful a press conference would be for John Angelos to stand up there and say, I can't talk about that because... There's, there's active litigation. I don't know. A lawyer might say to me, well, like, if what you're alleging is it's all nonsense, you can say that in the press conference the same way you can say it anywhere else. doesn't matter. Whatever you put into the record is irrelevant. I, I don't know all the details of that. Does generically it sound right? Hey, it'd be nice for you to, hey, hold a press conference. Invite all the media to come out. That's the strongest thing that you could possibly do in order to refute things? Yeah, generically that sounds about right. But I am willing to say that it's possible that it might be uncomfortable or awkward because there would be a lot of, I simply can't talk about that because of pending litigation. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm tr I do my damnedest to be as honest as I possibly can be. I'm not looking to give anybody a pass. John Angelos didn't file a lawsuit. He was sued. He's saying, and now Georgia Angelos is saying, this is nonsense. The part that most of you care about was this unfounded allegation that was thrown in in this lawsuit about, well, if he wanted to, he could move the team to Nashville. And as I keep saying, in 49 pages of a lawsuit, there is not a single line anywhere in there that says, and in 2019, 
John mentioned that he is considering moving the team. In 2020, we overheard. In 2021, we were informed by another party that there was a consider. None of it. So keep saying, you don't like the Angelos family, that's fine. I get it. But you can't make things up. We have to deal in fact. I do. You can do whatever you want. I have to deal in fact. And in fact, in 49 pages where all sorts of stuff was put on the table, nothing appeared to be hidden. In 49 pages, there was nothing, not a hint or a sniff. We're all running with a baseless innuendo. That's probably the, uh, with baseless, not a baseless innuendo, with baseless innuendo that was thrown in an attempt to curry favor. That's the part you care about. So they're responding to that. You don't really care about what it is that Luis Angelos said about John Angelos going behind someone's back and, and trying to manipulate. You don't care about that. That's not impactful to you. You want to do a press conference about it? Okay, but what's the part you care about? I mean, maybe you care about it. Maybe you have some unique interest. I don't know. I guess I should take that back. Maybe you have some weird interest in the inner workings of the Angelos family. If you think John Angelos is a snake as a human and that makes him unqualified to be an owner, maybe you do care. I, I don't know. And maybe he doesn't. They do need to address those things. I, I Sure, it sounds great to say you should do a press conference. It might, in practicality, end up being disappointing because of the number of things that wouldn't be answered during that press conference until this is cleared up. And if you think they're lying in the statement, I don't know why you think that a press conference would guarantee that they aren't lying. I, I don't know what you think would change if you don't believe it. If you say, I don't believe you because you're not answering it in a press conference. Well, why do you think that it would suddenly change? Again, I'm not, I'm walking a fine line because I'm not saying I think it's a bad idea. I just don't think that suddenly I believe I believe something someone says in a press conference, but don't believe it in a statement. I think that's absurd. And that premise is ridiculous. There are still more of you that say, fine, make all the statements that you want. Sign a lease. That's all I care about. Until you've signed the lease, none of this matters to me. I think it's all hogwash. Okay. 100%. I agree that we would all feel better about all of this if the Orioles would just sign a lease. Now, I get that they're negotiating. I get that the law was just passed earlier this year, and they've got to figure out what this now looks like. The parties have to get together. There's a lot of money at stake. Where's that money going? Are we all on board? Are we all in agreement? Have we flushed everything out? Cool. Now we sign a lease. I know we live in perpetual fear. I understand that. Whether it be because of the Colts or be because of the failed leadership of Peter Angelus. I understand that. I get it. I have not just empathy, true sympathy, because I'm an Orioles fan too. And I had to experience it. There's no getting around it. Failed leadership. Peter Angelos' ownership 
tenure is him as the control person on the whole was a failure. There were some good moments, but on the whole, it was a failure. Are there worse? Sure. Dan Snyder's probably worse because he's a wretched human. Peter Angelos was a bad baseball owner who's done a lot of good for the city, but he was a bad baseball owner. There's no getting around that. And we can say, hey, but there might have been interest in taking the Orioles elsewhere. They had, they had built a brand new ballpark. They weren't going anywhere. It was a failed ownership. What John Angelos might do or might not do as owner moving forward, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know if he's capable of being a quality owner who puts the interests of the Baltimore Orioles fan base first. I don't know. I, I, we don't have enough evidence for me to be able to make a statement about that. I certainly understand those of you that are fearful of him just being an extension of Peter Angelos. I don't think it's a fair, but I get it. Until proven otherwise, you're your father's son. That's the way that a lot of people will approach things. Not just in sports, but in life. Judging someone by their parents. But we still have to get back to reality. The reality is... You don't move a baseball team... That has a facility... In a successful market... Whose value has skyrocketed under their current ownership and whose municipality just granted $600 million in order to give them what they want to improve said facility moving forward. That's not the franchise that gets moved. Um, To try to dumb it down a little bit, this is a game. Every Major League Baseball is playing a game. You want a team, you got to play ball with us. Because if you don't, we threaten to move elsewhere. Maryland is playing ball with the Orioles. Major League Baseball is trying to get someone else to play ball. You don't take the place where they are playing ball and say, well, we got to turn that place... <laughs> We, we got what we wanted, but gee gosh golly, we got to leave anyway. Because it's hard to find more markets. You inevitably run into a place where they finally just say no. They say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to give you everything you want. It happened to the NFL. They just had to move. That's not the case here. And some people have plenty of opinions that Spending $600 million on a baseball team is a terrible idea. There are far bigger problems for this city, this state. But that's what happened. That's not the team that moves. It would be near suicidal for Major League Baseball to allow that. We've got to get these deals in as many markets as possible. We got one and we're going to let it go? We got $600 million and we're just going to say, nah, nah, let's head on down to Nashville instead. It does not make sense. So 
So whatever your fear is, whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, I, I got to keep dealing in fact. You don't like statements. You want press conferences. Fine. Whatever. I don't care. I don't need it personally because I know enough to know there's no there there. There is no risk of the Orioles moving. That's not how this works. That's what's the line from the commercial? That's not how any of this works. We're just caught up in our own fears and our own insecurities or whatever it is that we're not willing to consider that. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com today for deals on your, on, oh my God, I was doing so well, for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer. When we come back in, we'll get a tidbit, we'll get two bit to wrap it up. It is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charm City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Inside, tributes to Navy football coach Kenny Amatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Pierce. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Coach Lou Eckerl with stories from the players who these coaches have impacted most over the years. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip, that first bite, mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, be more. The Orioles 2022 Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite kicks off Friday, June 17th with Flowrider. After the O's take on the Tampa Bay Rays, stay for the post-game concert and watch Flo Rida perform live from the infield. The concert is free to all fans who attend the game, with the option to add special on-field access. With hit singles like My House and his latest single, Wait, what better way to watch Flo Rida perform live at Camden Yards on June 17th? Buy tickets now at Orioles.com music. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Thursday, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, if you missed it, Stan the Fan Charles Ross Grimsley had a neat conversation earlier this week. Monday night, they caught up with uh, former Hall of Fame president Jeff Idelson as well as uh, sports photographer Gene Fruth. They have a really new, uh, interesting new book out, and it was a fun conversation. That's available right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash video, or youtube.com slash pressboxonline. Stan the Fan doing two shows a week for you and all those locations is where you can find them. Again, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports is where they're live. And then YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video afterwards. Um, a lot of people reacting to the Ravens announcing a D.C. A radio broadcast partner. The Ravens have aired games in D.C. before. This is not some like new strategy to try to move into the D.C. market or encroach because... like. Uh, the Commanders are moving further into Virginia, and the Ravens want to take more. They have aired games in D.C. before. That's not new. They aired on um, WBIG for a while. I mean, like this is not a new thing that they're doing. This is not. They've they've always like they're allowed to air a certain number of games and whatever the rules are. They've always tried to do that over the years. So I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why we're reacting to it like it's some sort of like big thing. Like the the Ravens troops are marching into PG County or something like that. Um, this is not new. This is the, the, the Commanders preseason games air on um, uh, 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 Channel Fifty Four in Baltimore. Like these teams have gone after the mark because they're allowed to. It's a secondary market, is what it's considered. So the NFL allows for it to happen. Um, Somebody might say, well, yeah, but the Commanders don't air their games specifically on a, a Baltimore radio station. Per, perhaps that's true. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, it might very well be that there's some Baltimore radio station that airs Commanders games. Um, that's their business. If they want to try to, they can try to. And if, you know, if some radio station in town wanted to air their games, they, they would have every right to. 6.30 in D.C., I don't know what the signal is for that. My guess is they specifically look for somewhere with a broader signal because WBAL reaches fairly far into D.C. Or it might very well be. I've, I actually I don't know the answer to this now that the Orioles are on BAL as well. I don't know how that's going to work for Orioles games in September. Like, will, I assume... That one station will air Orioles games, and the other station will air the Ravens games, if they're both playing on a Sunday afternoon. And my question would be, did the Ravens think about that and say, "Hey, if we're putting, if the Ravens games are on 98 Rock, 98 Rock signal isn't as strong 
it's a fairly good signal. It goes down to about the edge of D.C., but they feel the need because WBAL maybe reaches further than 98 Rock does. So if the games aren't going to be on BAL, they want to specifically have them somewhere else. I, I don't know. I just know that it's not new. It's not some over-the-top thing. It's not a unique uh, strategy of sorts that people are trying to make it out to be with the Ravens in the D.C. market. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by Live Casino and Hotel. The place to be for the final round of the U.S. Open, for all four rounds of the U.S. Open this weekend. For Game 6 tomorrow night in the NBA Finals, Game 7 on Sunday night, and there are going to be huge crowds all weekend at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland because this weekend is Dave Chappelle, and so there's going to be a lot of foot traffic, and so I would make sure you reserve your spot ahead of time for Game 6 or Game 7 of the NBA Finals by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Yes, Griffin. All right, I'm going to keep the NBA Finals trend going with uh, another NBA Finals tidbit. So with the Warriors' win on Monday night, and I like the Finals' wins stats too for some reason. I don't know why. All right. But Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Draymond Green earned their 20th NBA Finals victory together as like as a trio. So that gives them the most. Uh, that gives those three the most wins in the NBA Finals history as a trio. Well, over the the past 50 seasons, uh, and they surpassed the trio of Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, and Manu Ginobili, who won four championships together. Notable as the Warriors are also well, the Warriors trio is chasing their fourth championship together as we speak. Um, so, Glenn, those are, those are one and two. Uh, and my question being, what trio or big three fills out the list of three through six? Looking um, for four sets of big three. Uh, I'll Jordan, Rodman, and Pippen. There you go. And you could have actually uh, used other variations. Co- yeah. uh, Kukoc and Kukoc. Yeah, same thing. And Steve Kerr. It's not. We need to get these things right. They had twelve. This is this is the I had, so, a, I had a previous producer that this was a problem for. We we try to be better than that. Um they had twelve wins together, so those those three straight right, years. Right. Um so uh, And that's fifth. So Curry, Clay okay. Green are one, Duncan Parker so two. Bird McHale and oh god, it could be anybody. Parish. Yep, there you go. Those three, they are third in the. Are there any three. other bird combinations that are on? No, the list? there are not. Okay, eighty from eighty to seven. They those three won sixteen finals games. Um, Magic. Worthy. God, who would the third be? Because Kareem didn't stay there. Kareem. Yep, there you go. Kay. Yeah, it is Kareem. Those thirty, they won fifteen games as a trio from eighty-three to eighty-nine with the Lakers. So six. Would have started earlier than that. That uh, was uh, that uh, was never, the never span mind. that I had. Yeah. Okay. Um, so sixth on the list. So I'm missing. How many were there total? That I was looking for the six, and we had Curry and. So Clay I've got. And I've got. You got one left. I got one left. One trio left. One big three left. One trio left. That one. At least twelve. What's the what's the? It was yeah fifth. So Jordan Pippen and the Bulls they won twelve in right. three years. So this team won at least this trio they won, won at less least than twelve. Less than twelve. Yes. Well, that does make it interesting because they didn't have to have um, 
Yeah, they didn't have to win three times. Oh, so the LeBron, Bosch, and um, uh, Dwayne Wade. Yep, there yeah. you go. Yep. Yep. 2010 to 2014, they won 11 games. Very good. Four trips to the finals. Very good. All right, uh, Totally Tubular brought to you by Simply the Bets, which if you missed yesterday, you can find at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or youtube.com slash online. Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and the Hotel. Uh, Brian Powell also reminds me um, that Navy football will also be on WBAL in the fall. Right, so clearly they they got to think about – I mean, that doesn't impact the Ravens, though, Brian. Like, that's 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 not – the Ravens – there won't be a scenario where the Ravens are on at the same time as Navy – they don't. They don't both play on a Thursday night, um, so that's not impactful in their decision making. But sure, it is otherwise impactful in what it is that the, the radio stations are going to do about all their entities. All right, uh, tubular for tonight: Orioles, Blue Jays again. Game three of a four-game set tonight on Masson Two. Bruce Zimmerman and Jose Barrios, the pitching matchup. Jose Barrios struggling. He's got a four point seven three ERA. They gave up Austin Martin in order to get that guy. Uh, Masson's got Braves Nationals at 7, MLB Network, White Sox Tigers at 1, Reds Diamondbacks at 4, Angels Dodgers at 10, YouTube for Twins Mariners at 4, Fox Sports 1, Brewers Mets at 7, Stanley Cup Final Game 1, Lightning Avalanche, 8 o'clock from Denver on ABC. ESPN is airing three parts of a 30 for 30 tonight called Dream On. That's all about the 1996 Olympic women's basketball team. Um, and sort of how that it kind of turned things for the popularity of women's basketball in the United States. Um, so I'm interested. I don't know if I'll have time to. I definitely won't have time to watch it tonight, but at some point I will absolutely spend some time with it. And uh, TBS for AW Dynamite tonight at eight as well. Some non sports. Not a whole lot. Let's see. Uh, late show with Colbert. Emma Thompson's on there. Tom Segura as well. He's previewing his I'm Coming Everywhere comedy tour. Okay. <laughs> Uh, let's see. The Master Chef is on Fox at eight. Um, the Flash new episode at eight. Kung Fu season finale on the CW. Um, and then something we could probably all learn from Doctor Pimple Popper mm, on TLC. Yeah, big Doctor yeah. Pimple Popper guy. Big thing. Obi Wan Kenobi episode five, penultimate episode of this season of Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Uh, that's that's tonight or that's already it's already out. Already yeah, it's already out. out. Came out very, early this morning. Very, please tell me you did not stay up. No, I didn't. Okay, thank no. God. Thank God. All right, thanks today to uh, Caleb Joseph. Thanks also to Zachary Watson, Drew Forrester, and Bubba Aline. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the <coughs> tab at, mm, tab at Uh Tomorrow, uh, Stephanie Reddy will join us. She'll preview game six of the NBA Finals from NBA TV, our friend Stephanie from Coppin. Um, We'll have Weekend at Bookies tomorrow. We got anything else lined up for tomorrow, I feel like? Not at the moment. Okay, we got to work on that. Very good. All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at RexPexRyan. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too.